1: Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. Very excited for you guys to be here this week. I'm excited to be here. You know, I want to share a little story with you real quick, because we've been talking about this uh, for probably since about the beginning of the year now, which really isn't that long ago, but... I was something that you guys may or may not know about me. I love antiques. I love things with a story. I love things with fingerprints on them. And in light of that, I really love running around and going to like estate sales, right? And poking around and finding things and, and because they're inspiring to me, you know, who wants to buy something brand new, squeaky clean that has no history in it, that has no bumps or dings, (laughs) you know, I don't know. I enjoy the fingerprints of things and the stories that I can Imagine being attached to him. If you guys have ever seen the movie, The Red Violin, you'll understand what I'm talking about. If you have not seen the movie, The Red Violin, you need to watch it, period. Don't even listen to the rest of the show. Hang up, go get that movie and watch it right now if you've not seen it. Everyone else, you can stay. (laughs) That's how important seeing this movie is, especially as a creative person, especially as a writer. You'll never forget that movie. Okay, but anyway, so I was at this estate sale and it was just with stuff right and i bought this little box it's actually a tin box probably from about uh the 1800s late 1800s maybe early 1900s but it's like a it's called a it's a union ledger cut plug so it was a tobacco tin but it's shaped like a lunchbox and back then you would buy things and one of the ways they would they would you know make their item appealing to buy is make it useful for something else. So you'd buy these these tins and then they double as lunch boxes. But inside of it's just a bunch of stuff, right? And there was uh, some World War II ration coupon books and some little red ration coins, food ration coins. There was Cracker Jack toys in there. Um, these little celluloid Popeye and olive oil dolls about as big as my thumb. Uh, there was like a couple little wind-up tin cars, um, there was a silver flask, and there was a really weird feather in there, uh, some clay marbles, uh, the uh, army the army glasses that the guys used to wear, and a leather pilot's hat thingy with the fur on the inside and leather on the outside, and then some matchbooks from jazz clips in St. Louis. Anyway, all this crazy weird stuff in it, right? And it's like I'm holding a treasure box of this person. I don't know who they were. I don't know who had this box. But it made me think about us talking about doing poetry time capsules, you know, and i'm and everyone laughs at me, but I'm really excited. I've been working on and writing my eulogy and my funeral plans <laughs> and and everything one then thinks that's weird, but seriously, think about it what day, what day ever ever do you deserve the last word more than that day? So I want to tell them what kind of picture to put of me, of me in the paper. I want, I want, you know, these ones displayed. I want this music played. I want this letter read. You know, so I'm going to do it. You yeah. <laughs> it's my my last day. I get the last word. Um, but it, some, the, what kind of prompted that on was poetry time capsules, and that's something that I've been thinking about and working on for a while now. But if you were to, if you were to take a time capsule. Of you, and I want you to do this. This is this is my project for you for the year. Okay, I want you to think about if you were to put a time capsule out there, and they were going to find it in a thousand years, and you wanted to put your fingerprints inside a time capsule, saying, "This is me. I was here. This is who I am." What would you put in that time capsule so they would know who you are? What would you put in there? I want you to think about that and start a little box and throw things in it, like this guy's box. You know, who knows what that stuff was in there? Oh, the, oh, I forgot the best part. I think it's him standing next to a surfboard in Hawaii, this little snapshot. And on the back of it, it says, uh, oh God, what was it? Something about, it was uh, Jackie, Jackie J. Bird Jackson. That was his name. Jackie J. Bird Jackson. And then I got to thinking, the pilot's caps, hat, the sunglasses, the war ration books, a picture, you know, Jackie Jaybird, Jaybird, pilot, fly name. And it really made me start thinking about who this guy was. So think about if somebody found a box and you were that, and and, and you were Jackie Jaybird Jackson. What would you put in there? Stop putting it together and leave it there for someone to find in a thousand years be very cool anyway so yeah I just had to share that because to me it's really inspiring oh and there was a little book in there that uh I think it was a charge brigade charge of the light brigade by Tennyson book of palms it's like oh yeah he had a book of palms it's really old too it's like crumbles when you touch it okay so I just wanted to share that with you work on your time capsules think about that just think about the concept of that all right, so now <laughs> guys, if you want to call in tonight, the number is six four six five nine five three nine six five. That's six four six five nine five three nine six five. If you'd like to call in and read. There's some things I want to go over before we get started here. First of all, if you'd like to put together a workshop and I am going to be gone, by the way, I think it's the last is it the last week, the last July and May. Sometime in May, 1st, June, I'll have to find, I'll have to figure it out. There's a week that I have to be gone because my son is moving here to Oregon, and I am going to be driving his pets out here with him. So there's going to be a week where we're going to be doing a workshop, pre-recorded workshop. I've got a couple that I can do to put on there, but I wanted to let you guys know that if any of you want me to help you put on one of yours or you have an idea and you want to put one on, uh let me know and we can work on that. We do these all the time, but I especially need one for that for that date. So before I do one on my own, if there's somebody who would like to do one with me or uh, have me help with one or has one that they would like to do for coming up uh, coming up here pretty quickly, please shoot me a message and let me know. If you have an idea for one, you can probably getting a hold of me on Facebook would be the easiest. If I'm not on your contacts list, you can find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A, Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Shoot me a message. Let me know what you want to put together. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do this. I mean, basically, we could get online and say, okay, let's find something on how to write um, limericks. And we Google it, and we get the instructions. And we just we just figure out what we're doing from there. You know, it doesn't have to be something that we can teach people. It's just something we can explore with each other. So you don't you know don't worry about if you've not done something like that, something like this before. Just let me know, and and we'll figure out what we're going to do. Okay. So watch for those. Next, I want to make sure that we. Thank our sponsors, and it's really important. You guys, I, I really appreciate everybody who stepped up to the plate and helped cover our 2019 on-air license for the year. Really, really appreciate you guys keeping us broadcasting. We love you so much. I want to read out those names real quick because it's important. We know, we've been here. This is our 14th year, you know, and it's because of this community, and so these people really deserve deserve that recognition. James Sapien, Sean Golickson. Rosalind Prentice, John Kays, Paula Sweet, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Mangus Khan, Ronald P. Bremner, Terry Galloway, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Uma Pochapalli, Christy Doherty, Julia Vargas, and Michael W. Engs. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we're getting it. We're at the end of our broadcast here, and we'll actually be doing uh, the sponsorship thing again, uh, probably starting next week. So if any of you are interested in sponsoring our Uh, license for this year, our broadcasting license, helping pitch in for that. Just shoot me a message, and I'll let you know. uh, Then we can go from there. All right. Now, the funnest part. If you're ever sitting there one night and you're wondering, I don't know what to write about, tune into any of our archive shows. Within the first 15 minutes, you will be given prompts, exercises, assignments, all kinds of stuff. All right. And then you can just grab it and go from there. So just a plethora of inspiration waiting at your fingertips for you. The <laughs> First thing I'm going to give you is your journal assignment. Remember, your journal assignments should be written inside a journal, a book, a spiral notebook, whatever, pen and paper in hand. These are one-on-one time with your brain, and I want that physical connection between your head, your hand, the pen to the paper, the same on the keyboard. Trust me, you write differently when you do it to pen and paper. So your journal assignments are – You know, private time with you. Nobody ever sees this but you. This is just for you to explore your head, okay? So the first journal assignment I gave you is for the year. And I'm going to keep reminding you this because it's important. (laughs) Your journal assignment for the year is to write a haiku every single day of the year. Every day find something, something that's worth 17 syllables. Write a haiku every day for a year. It doesn't matter if your year starts today. It didn't have to be January 1st. It can be today. Today's the first day of the year. So write a haiku every single day. By the end of the year, you will have 365 haikus. Some of them are going to be crap. Some of them are going to be great. Pick out the 60 best, and between 45 and 60 best, and you've got yourself a haiku book ready to be published. Think about that. You want to get, right, get up there? How do you eat an elephant? How do you write a book? One page at a time, one bite at a time. Whatever, whichever analogy you're, what you're uh, still stuck on. Okay, so yeah, write a haiku every day for the year. That's your assi- journal assignment for the year. Then your journal assignment for the week. And remember, nobody sees this this but you. For the week, we've been working on free uh, on ramblings. Just write. And what I'm doing is giving you an idea starter. And you write this line at the top of a blank page and then just keep writing. I don't care where it ends up. It doesn't have to be a story. It's not a poem. It's not anything. You just write those words and then you go wherever your head takes you. Whatever thought comes next. This is really an exercise in letting your brain go. We are so uptight and wrapped up like like we're we're you know corseted one of those 1800 things and you can't breathe, right? We just have to let go. You have to you have to shake it out. Get comfortable. You know, whatever comes next, go and not be afraid of that. Not there's nobody there but you. See, you don't have you, you don't have to wear that corset. You can run around the room naked with a pen in your hand, and nobody's going to see it but you. Hopefully, keep your curtains closed. So the the rambling page, like I said, you write this sentence at the top of the page, and then you just keep writing. And the sentence that you're going to start with, you're writing your uh, thought provoker, thought starter, whatever you have, whatever whatever you want to call it is. And this is actually true if you do your homework. Okay, so the, <laughs> the line is, honestly, you will thank me for this later. Or you will thank me later for this. Yep. Honestly, you will thank me later for this. So write that at the top of your page. And then whatever thought comes next, just go with it. I don't care if you end up by the time you're done on writing your, your grocery list. I don't care. Just write until you're done. Write at least 10 minutes. and Don't think, just write, let it fall, fall out, and it is never meant to become anything. It's just meant to be one-on-one time. Anyway, I'm not going to keep going on with that. You guys hear me talk about that. Sometimes I get tired of hearing this every week, but there's people here listening tonight that aren't, and sometimes someone's going to hear this show, but not one of the others, so, you know, I have to do that. Just bear with me. Okay, honestly, you will thank me later for this, and just keep writing. At least 10 minutes, whatever comes out. The next thing I'm gonna give you is your writing exercise. And there was one for the year, remember, and that is to surprise yourself this year. Do something you normally wouldn't do. You know, once a week, take yourself you know, for a half hour, once a week, take a walk down the other wet road, or eat lunch somewhere else, or take a different route home. Something. You know, stop and watch a little league, go to a museum, go to an opera, go to um a reggae festival, I don't care, whatever it is, whatever it is, Uh, just do it. Do some things that you've never done before. Start bringing in that input. The new ideas, the new experiences, the new things you bring into your brain all stimulate you to write more, to be more creative. Okay. All right. So that's why it's called writing exercise, by the way. It flex those muscles. All right. So next. (laughs) You're writing exercise for the week. Now again, I would love for this to be in your journal, just because, you know, I'm 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 big pro pen and pencil and paper. So you're writing exercise for the week, we've been concentrating on writing to scenarios. You know, basically again, climbing out of your brain writing about something you have never written about before in a way you may have never written about it in a form you've never written, thinking about it in a different light, whatever it is, it's meant to make you do something totally different than what you do. So what we're doing or what I'm doing is I'm giving you scenarios to write to. And you just, you write that line down and, and just go, but let me give you the line first. We'll go from there. <laughs> all right. So the scenario, the scenario that you're going to be writing to this week. So instead of giving you a line that you have to put in there or something, you have to think about the concept of this and then write it. Now, when you do this, first of all, um, I don't want this to be a poem. It's not a poem. It's it's just free write in free written form. Just, you know, write it as a story, prose, anything, anything but a poem. Okay, you can just write about the idea itself. So the scenario I want you to, maybe I'll make more sense once I give you that, which I said I was going to do a minute ago, now I'm doing now. I want you to write to this scenario. (laughs) I'm really doing it, to this scenario. So the scenario is a writer takes their journal and a cup of coffee and goes to sit at the bus station looking for some inspiration. But they get more than they bargained for. That's what you have to write about. You're going to be writing about a writer who takes their journal and a cup of coffee and goes to sit at the bus station looking for some inspiration, and they get more than they bargained for. So I don't want you to overthink this. I don't want you to, uh, you know, you put a little bit more thought into it than you would your free writing. You know, write down different ideas and things like that, whatever it takes. Pick one of them. But when you actually sit down to write about this, don't agonize over it. Just write till it's done to basically spit it out and sort it out later. Okay, so fun, fun. This one's going to be fun. I think it'll be really fun. A writer takes her journal and a cup of coffee to sit at the bus station. They went there to look for inspiration, and they get more than they bargained for. <laughs> what did they get? All right, now you for your writing prompts. Writing prompts, now that I've told you you don't have to write a poem, now I'm telling you you do. Writing prompts are seeds planted. They are idea starters, you know, in, in but their their main intent is to become a poem. So it can be, with that said, it can be the title of the poem, it can be a line in the poem, or it can be the general concept of the poem. But it needs to grow into a poem. All right, so your poetry prompt for tonight
2: is, when you would say, so in other words, I'm talking
1: to somebody and looking at them and saying, when you would say, blank, 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 blank. that's your poetry prompt. When you would say, so a title, the line in, or the concept of, when you would say. All right, the next one, the last one, is your borrowed poetry prompt for the week, and this is That's My Line. Basically, one of you read a poem last week, and I stole a line out of it, and that became this week's prompt. So one of you reading tonight, I'm going to steal one of your lines, and it will be next week's prompt. <laughs> this one comes out of, and I feel I, I wasn't almost didn't do it, but I did anyway. So I don't know if Dennis White or the Dennis... The new dentist that called in last week gave me this one because I just wrote down the first name and I didn't write down the second, the last name. And so I don't remember which dentist read this. But it's from one of our dentists. And if you guys remember or if you guys are listening tonight, please tell me if this is yours. (laughs) All right. Um, But the borrowed poetry prompt from Dennis, one of our dentists, is you just have to keep going. You just have to keep going. All right, so that's your exercises, your assignments, your prompts, and with that, we're good to go. Have fun with those. Let me know how they go. And if you've written something to them, it would be awesome if you brought it back and shared it with us. All right, next, I'm going to play an audio track. We start and end every episode with an audio track to us by one of you. If you are a recording artist or if you have something in MP3 format you'd like to share so we can put it on the air, we would love to do that. You can email those to me too. The Speakeasy Cafe the speakeasy, the, the, the at gmail.com. Make sure you put MP3 audio files, something like that, in the subject line for me. We can get uploaded to the show's library and play it for the world. The piece that I'm going to play for you tonight to start the show with is by Cassandra Tribe and it is Executioner's Song. Here we go.
3: My hour of worship is midnight,
4: the moon bright hearts of flame. I am the hope of forgotten men, God in a world without blame. <laughs>
5: The cross, blankets, body thought. Sometimes it cushions with D. Food is proof of kindness. Kindness bargained for peace. Prayers are said, permission loomed. So it begins. Death enters the gloom. The life that waited retreats from the world. The soul is forgotten. The body peace by words death will go back to living until he is needed again memory will be argued by no one
6: called a friend
5: compared to a soldier feted for killing in the name of Caprice, death in the pieces is kept hidden, blind justice fails its increase even on battlefield there is no faith even in war Rules contain blame At home where soldiers are bootless Death is recruited and paid Service requested and rendered Secrecy hides all blame Judas fed coins to soil The only seeds that ever grew Trees to watch the world And man as he stumbles through Bright moon finds swaying face To hide and reveal again Flashes of effort misplaced chance revealed, forsaken. In solemn place, the body, strapped down and blinded, still communicates. Press wafer provides the food, food to assuage the weak, leaving the body hungry, crying one last speech. Bright moon finds swaying face to hide and reveal again. Flashes of effort misplaced, chance revealed, forsaken. I have gone, to husbands who were fathers. I have gone to wives who were mothers. Wanting them to serve. Solid food better. The plate they gave me was empty. Though twas turned just so. Hoping I wouldn't notice. Broke finish, mold and go. Brother and sister after. Forgot me and argued on how. When wine had been flowing so freely. Their cups were empty now. Not agreeing with any reason, they decided each other to slur. The wine soaked into the ground, no pool of bliss anymore. No one in this world that loves secrets revealed wants to know the why of I am. Even the Christ on my hill was asked the source of his plan. I am the secret son of faith who chose a different stand. Following words inspired, but written by human hand. My temple shall find in castles filled with forgotten men. Each of them sacrifice food to men's growing sin. I am the one who goes on, the one who should be condemned. But I make the sleep of the world, quiet, dismissed for like him. One day, the world will go blind, and in blindness, finally see. The flame on my altar will fade, and midnight will never be. Till then, I am always invited, false promise of life believed, for I am the Christ of the chamber. These castles only I enter, yet rule I, both now.
4: This midnight, the moon is my I am the one of men walking the
3: without blame.
1: That was Cassandra Tribe with Executioner's Song, fantastic track. Now, everybody, we are going to go through some things real quick, let you know that if you were on hold tonight, first of all, let me give you the number to call in again, if you'd like to call in and read. It is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965, if you'd like to call in and read. Remember that if you are on hold, we do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code. Ah, 731 is our first caller tonight. Listen for your telephone area code. Once we bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important that you have your name attached to your work and people know who's reading. So, you know, kind of, hi, this is me, and this is what I'm going to share tonight. That would be much appreciated on all accounts. Then make sure uh, tonight we're looking like we can do two poems as long as they're short poems. Uh, we can do one regular regular poem, you know, keep right around the five-minute mark. Be courteous to those people waiting in line behind you. So uh, one normal-length poem one, or two short poems if you'd like. If it, the lines get too busy and we need to change that, then I will let you know. We need to switch that to just reading one poem. And if it happens on your turn, I am truly sorry. But right now it looks like we're good for two. When you're done reading, make sure that you give out your URL. It's really important that people know how to find you come in to come and get to know you and your work better before you come back here and read again next week. And then do remember, please, that we have a mature rating. That means no bumping body parts, no tab A and a slot B. Uh, leave some to the ethereal, and other than that, you're good to go. Going to give, I'm going to give the first three callers so you have a heads up so you know where you are in the lineup. And like I said, first, we have area code 731, followed by 540, and then 757. So let's go ahead and grab so you guys can save me from myself. 731, you're on the air.
2: know this is
1: Hey, sweetheart, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing fine. You haven't heard from me in quite a while. When I have not. Mean, it's
1: kind of hard to hear you right now, though, by the way, just so you know.
2: Well, the reason is, it's cause the last time that I appeared on the show was Thanksgiving night. Mm-hmm. And the next day, full-blown laryngitis. I couldn't talk over than once. Uh-oh, did the turkey do that to you? No, I was just struggling that night. It just hit me. I've never dealt with it before. So uh, anyway, it, it gets a little better most days, and some days it doesn't, but it's coming back. But I was thinking when you were doing your opening monologue and uh, and announcements, I went out to the water cooler. That's where all the best conversations happen. And it occurred to me from Thanksgiving till now, you're you're ready for this. Mm-hmm. Michael Todd has not been around the world in eighty days. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, oh my god, that made me so happy. Nobody listening is gonna understand what that means That's okay. Yeah, just Google it, it'll be just fine. Anyway, um uh a couple of weeks back I I was reading Daniela Wassoon. She's a girl, she's a portrait writer in Romania. And I'm a fucking maybe a little spin. But I'm saying, so uh, I wrote a poem, and like the next day, in my Facebook deal, on this day in history, a year prior, I had riffed one of her poems, okay? I didn't remember doing this. It's just a five-line riff. But I said the same darn thing that I said in the poem I just written a year later. Now, what's that mean?
1: poem that you've just written a year later?
2: And I wrote a poem a year later. It basically had the same vibe as the riff that I did. I didn't remember really doing that horrific well then. The riff it was I did
1: hiding was, somewhere back in your brain.
2: I don't know. The riff was, your words can melt a winter snow. Your steady gaze would shade the sun. Your smile outshines a moon glow. Your scalp puts
7: lightning on the run.
2: I would not say this. So that's just a simple little rule. But a year later, I sit down and I write this poem in three parts. It's got like Roman numeral one, two, and three. It looks cool. You do stuff like that. makes sure you smart.
8: Uh,
2: anyway, let's call it because That's her name. So here, here's the poem that I wrote. So we of weeks ago. Part one. You're a thinking person's poet. You do not count the dominoes as they tumble in use. You tally the pitch. Hearing thunder before lightning appears, you recognize status quo as a symptom, status static, not a disease. You call us by our given names, even when we wear perfect disguises. Part two. Weeping willow have cast shadow on a hunt is on, though i A cunning summons sent to underscore withstanding neither case or reason. A second language called needed when first is shot to a station, but either can be heard and heeded when nothing is lost in translation. Part three. Wintertime, creaking glider, wooden bed. Step outside from dusk until dawn. Cast mist to spells.
1: Wow, that was amazing. That was incredible, Michael. Thank you. you ha- where's is that written down?
2: Yes, yeah, on Facebook. Page. Can you tag me it's in it? The, I didn't. It's on the. You just go to my page and scroll down to. February the sixth. There it is.
1: Okay. Okay. So you were cutting out a little bit towards the end and I want to make sure that I got the whole thing. It's so good to hear you.
2: from you. Thank you very much. You're very I, welcome. I, I said I, said I use a one of her pictures. To put it with it. She said, Okay. And I, and I said she said, Hey, that's the cover of my book. I said, Does that mean it's a good choice? <laughs> she said, <"Yeah." laughs> I'm sure she said yes. She did. She said yes to everybody. She's a really cool person. I love her. She's great. Awesome.
1: Well, fantastic job, sweetheart. Appreciate you. I'm really glad that you called in. I've missed you. And uh, I'm glad things are going well. I'm glad you sound better. Still kind of hard to hear you, but you sound way better.
2: Thank you. You're welcome.
1: All right. You know the drill. Tell everyone how to find you.
2: Well, you can find me. uh, I have a blogspot page. Blogspot, uh, it's under Mike Todd, M Y K E T O D D. I haven't mostly been there like two years. Don't write very much. I may start picking it back up, though. I may come out of retirement. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I probably should have put this poem on there. But it was a spur of the moment thing. I would appreciate you coming along.
1: out of retirement.
2: Would you? I would. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's not that I don't <laughs> think about poems and stuff like that. I do. I'm just too busy and I'm out of practice and just got out of the of the day. It's like when you write a poem and post it's like planting a seed and you got to work it, you got to cultivate it. There's a lot of steps after that, and that's where I kind of back away. Now, that goes- yeah, it's
1: not like in the olden days, is it, when you would write a poem and then just, you know, would sit around until you publish it in a book. And then when you publish it in a book, it was out of your hands. You didn't control anything. It's not like that anymore. You control nope. everything. You know, the yep. days of a publishing company, you know, them finding you and taking your book and saying, oh, I'm going to publish this. You're fantastic. Those days don't exist anymore. Right. You know, right. half the time, one of the choices they make when they decide to publish someone or not is what kind of a social network do they have in place that's going to promote the book.
2: Before I go before I go, this this year's groundhog hole. It's only five lines. i that. Okay. <laughs> you, know my, you know my favorite holiday is Groundhog Day. All right? I do. Okay. Groundhog <laughs> emerged, no shadow to see. The winner that wasn't will no longer be. It fucks a tiny in the snow laden track. The seer has spoken an undeniable fact. Could dispute an oracle. Certainly not me. Bye. <laughs> bye,
1: sweetheart. Thank you, Michael. We'll talk to you next yeah. week, honey. Okay. <laughs> bye bye. All righty. Our next caller comes from area code 540540.
7: You're on the air. Hey, it's Phil Church down in Virginia.
1: How are you, sweetheart? It's good to hear from you.
7: Oh, I'm doing uh, fair to middling, I guess. I I just... uh, um, We've had it's been kind of a cold, dreary day here. I've got a lot of low energy tonight, so I'm just going to do a one poem, but it's a silly one, so maybe <laughs> uh it'll put a smile on somebody's face. But how are you doing?
1: I'm doing absolutely wonderful. I'm glad to hear from you.
7: Oh yeah, always glad to be here you, you know any any day above ground a good day. <laughs> <laughs> I do know that indeed. <laughs> I do know that. So, oh, I got my dragon egg I was telling you about a couple of weeks ago, and uh, uh, it works. I mean, you you know, you you got to turn all the lights off and put, put it under a black light, but uh, those things are pretty neat. You ought to check them out for yourself.
1: I am going to do that. I looked at them after you, we talked about them last week. I looked them up. And actually, I think I posted a link in the, in the chat room for them, so people could check them out. But yeah, they're awesome.
7: Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. So, uh, okay, well, yeah, like I said, I'm just going to do the one tonight, and I'm going to uh, get on with uh, the evening here. So, uh, this one's called uh, "Pat Balls Get Fiddle." <clears throat> Well, my grandpa was a really strange old bird. He loved playing all the kinds of music he heard. He liked the guitar and violin. There is no need to say it. So he built this thing from both and taught himself to play it. Now, was he a genius or had he no sanity at all? Was he like Stradivarius or was he more like Les Paul? His tunes were a kind of odd, strange kind of mix, like a cross of old Charlie Daniels with Jimi Hendrix. He played it out on the porch at night, sometimes in the day. He'd disco down with the honky-tonk or a little punk reggae. When folks who couldn't get into it would give him any sass, he'd just crank the volume up with some heavy metal bluegrass. He'd bring the neck to his chin and bar the cords with his nose while sawing on the strings with a bow held between his toes. And rock and country producers were all willing to pay, but Papaw turned them all down because he just loved to play. And the way Papaw played that thing was a pretty good old trick. He strummed it flat on his chest or a bow with a pick. Whether it's acoustic or electric remains a great big riddle that it would just blow your bad socks off when Papaw played his get fiddle in poem
1: <laughs> his get fiddle that was awesome I loved that um, yeah that
7: was when I kind of wrote <laughs> in one of my sillier moods so uh, <laughs> I figured that might uh, might brighten uh, cheer some spirits up so that's really what I'll have for tonight, and uh, of course, y'all can always find me on Facebook, uh, Phil Church, or if you want to check out some of my writings, you can search me on Amazon. And uh, with that, I think I'm going to mosey on and hopefully be back again next week.
1: Cannot wait to hear from you, sweetheart. Thank you for so much. Fantastic job! I absolutely loved it. it. Made me smile great big.
7: Oh great. All righty, we'll talk to you <laughs> later. All right, hun. Bye-bye.
1: All righty. I am going to take our next caller. What did I just do? Oh, I know what I just did. <laughs> our next caller comes from area code 757. 757, you are on the air.
9: Hey, Nala. It's Tammy Coburnet.
1: Hey, girlfriend. How are you, sweetheart?
9: I'm doing all right. How are you?
1: Absolutely wonderful.
9: Good. It is a
1: fun, amazing evening.
9: Oh, good. Um, yeah, so far so good. And I, we, we got. I'm in the area where they got snow falling. Ever after ever since this afternoon, so, and it really is coming down and sticking in my area because I was gonna go downstairs and check the mail earlier and. Um, by the time I got down the first flight of steps Before I got to the Second floor steps I was just like no It was already like snow and ice up there So I was like uh uh-huh. It's like flying in from outside over here to the staircase No <laughs> 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 I was like uh uh-uh. Let me come on back up I can check That's the mail the day But um I have two short poems so um I don't know if I shared this one particular haiku, um, it's called the infinite. But I wanted to share that and um uh, then a new one. So, the first one, infinite, uh space and time beyond comprehension as endless as the soul of man in End peace.
1: Endless as the soul of man. Beautiful.
9: Thank you. And um, the next one is called Coffee Break. Uh, (laughs) um, Oh, boy. How does this start? Okay. So, speaking of lost in emotion, where... The sun rising escapes your grasp. And hands that push you push you into silence of fear. And you wonder and you pray that your guardian angels weren't on a coffee break in and place. And <laughs>
1: I know, right? <laughs> Guys, stick around. You're still on the clock.
9: <laughs>
1: I know. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. Uh,
9: that
1: was... You doing two, hon? No, that's two.
9: I did that was two. both of them? Yeah, the haiku, the infinite, space and time. is endless I thought it was like man. a continuing. No, and then right. I said in poem, and then I went into... Coffee break, which is don't, the second Don't part. try to
1: fool me like that. That could have been a line uh, in the poem.
9: You know what? <laughs> you, you try to. No, I said in poem, and then I said coffee break for the title <laughs> of the next one. I'm like totally like, no, you put them two together. I heard you like, no, I didn't.
1: <laughs>
10: Girl, that
9: old age is kicking in. You know, I'm just. I know, it. right? What's <laughs> <laughs> going on? I'm All right,
1: man. sweetheart, tell everyone how to find your baby girl.
9: All right, Um, you can find me on PoetrySoup.com forward slash me, M-E forward slash T-A-M-E-K-O, the number one and the number three. Um, There's some other things out there, too, like Timbook2.com, and my name, Tamiko Barnett, B-A-R-N-E-T-T-E, and also Facebook, although it might take me a minute to... Get you confirmed if you add me So I'm out of commission On my computer for the moment So Tamiko so.
1: how many things do you have In your time capsule box so far
9: I don't have Well I
11: need
9: to get a box I got a box I just thought about that thank you Because I need a box Um, <laughs> But um, I have I almost have Two steno pads full And I'm working on the third
1: that is so awesome.
9: I still got some more left in the first two. I'm, I'm kind of jumping back and forth between the three. I know it don't make sense, but, you know, this is somehow or another I'm just grabbing one that's closest and jotting things down as they come to me. Yeah. See?
1: <laughs> I okay. think it would better put like a first-grade reader book in there too, teaching you how to read, because what if our language isn't spoken in a thousand years.
9: Wow, you know, I so maybe maybe
1: an English was. Rosetta Stone. I don't know. <laughs>
9: Odd and
1: evil yeah, right, right. There's like all these they, things like, we have to I guess we have to take into consideration, man. We want to be here in a thousand years. Like
9: English has just become passe. Like they, that's what they used to speak back way back then. Yeah. Like we don't speak like that no more. But you never know. That's weird. But anyway, that's a weird thought. Okay.
1: I know, right? I know. Aren't thoughts incredible? They're so much fun. <laughs> You never know what's coming next, ever.
9: <laughs> I thought I had an imagination. I never even thought of a future, a millennia from now where they would not be speaking English. So it was like, wow, I never even thought of that. So.
5: Think about
1: how many ancient languages are dead now that we don't know how to speak.
9: Yeah, this is true. You know, at
1: one time, man, they were reading and writing that stuff, chatting it on this, the cornerstone, you know, picking moss off the trees, flossing their teeth.
9: <laughs> or, another, or another language that comes out of English. Another one that comes out of English. So who knows? Yep. But, okay. We'll see what
1: happens. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Going to go ahead and put you on hold and uh, press 1 if you want to go out of the lineup and come back in and read again, okay?
9: All right. Thank you.
1: You are very welcome, sweetheart. We'll talk to you in a little bit. Bye. I'm going to go ahead and give the next three callers so you know where, you are, where we are. We have 219 next, then 216, and then 256. Those are our next three callers. 219, you are on the air.
12: Now how are you doing? This is Brother O calling in for me, Chicago, Indiana. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> you know, every time when you i have my switchboard in front of me right and so i can keep track of calls when you call in i write your name or i i enter your name in under your number and i always put bro o so how you doing bro o oh, i'm doing doing doing
12: <laughs> wonderful how you doing
1: i am doing really good um yeah doing absolutely wonderful it's been a fun week It's been a fun night
12: oh yeah good good <clears throat>
1: What you got for us tonight?
12: Uh poem, my poem is called "Brothers Don't Play Around with snacks with Two Legs. Watch your friends and associates carefully. 'Cause there might be a snake crawling around your circle trying to slider in and get next you for the ulterior motives. If you fool around and play with a snake long enough and they get too close to comfort, you will get bitten. I know people on a personal level were just as calculating and sneaky, like all species of reptiles. Cold blooded individuals norm no only look out for themselves. But trust me, I received my fair share of nasty bites from these snakes with two legs. Grandma had a word of wisdom taught. A valuable lesson about choosing your friends. Look out for those snakes right there in that grass. You can't allow everybody to gain easy access to you. Cause those nickel say snakes are plotting to prey upon your vulnerabilities and weaknesses. And a scheming is con con to take you for everything you got. See these characters can only see from the side because their vision is extremely limited. Their minds are clouded by fear, hate ignorance, jealousy, and greed. If it looks like a snake, if it acts like a snake, if it crawls like a snake, brothers don't play around with snakes with two legs, let alone the ones with no legs. You couldn't pay me a million dollars to handle a tough snake, not because of the phobia. I respect snakes enough not to get too close because they can strike at any given time without warning. And I respect you to decline your offer. When it comes to dealing with snakes with two legs, different folks, same strokes. You gotta watch these slick characters the and trist as closely, or you will fall prey to their games, like the serpent in the garden and convince Eve to eat the forbidden food off the tree in Genesis chapter three, verses one through five. It doesn't matter whether they're your friends, relatives, associates, co-workers, bosses, or acquaintances. Snakes with two legs come in all shapes, sizes, appearances, and skin tones, and they represent all different types of backgrounds. My advice: tread very slowly when you come around them in their space, and watch yourself carefully. Snakes with two legs are dangerous when we're forced into a corner, put under pressure. My advice, leave them alone and distance yourself from them SAP. A friend of black, block your connection with them on social media and don't accept their phone calls or respond to their text messages or emails. Brothers and sisters, let's, let's keep it real around here. All of us in this room know somebody in our inner circle displays behaviors and carries the risks of a snake in real life. If you feeling what I'm saying, give me a shout out. Here's a quote from my father exposing the truth about the American criminal justice system. A lawyer represents a bull constrictor. This guy made a constriction that he calls himself around you. A prosecutor represents a python. Now this snake will literally crush and squeeze the life out of you until he suffocates you. And the judge represents an economy. This snake not only constricts, crushes, squeezes, and suffocates you, he will swallow you whole and eat you alive. As he finishes his four-course meal, he regurgitates what's left of you. Now, rattlesnakes will give you a warning before they strike by vibrating their tails. The diamond bats are known to be extremely bold and were ready to defend themselves by any means necessary. Two words for you, you better back up. Now, these snakes have reputations of being vicious and will strike you with a little provocation, but your safety don't even approach them. copyheads, water moccasins, bushmasters, deaf and puff-adders, gammon, and soft scaled vipers after you move slams, and further lances. Now, these snakes are extremely aggressive and deadly. One bite can kill you within hours. Examples, moms, tiger snakes, sapiens, crazy and Australian brown snakes. Cobras are, are serious as heart attack and strokes. Their bite is deadly and their venom will confirm they blind you. For a spit a strike, they raise their hoods to warn you of the impending disaster if you dare get you close to them. Generally, a snake won't harm you unless you provoke or Tease it. Well, if you happen to encounter a snake where it has no legs or two legs, don't approach it and don't make sudden moves. Because it will bite you. My best solution that I have to offer to you is to leave it alone in (laughs) Palm.
1: Leave it alone. You want to know a secret? When I was a little girl, I used to run around the yard and I would catch gardener snakes. And my mother was deathly afraid of them. But I knew that if I could hold on to that snake, until my daddy got home, that I'd be okay, but if something happened mm-hmm. and I lost that snake before my dad got home, oh Lordy was I ever in trouble yeah i, I never learned to leave the snakes alone
12: Don't oh yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a that's a that's a nice story, yeah <laughs> It
1: wasn't, <laughs> but I told it anyway.
12: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, fantastic job, sweetheart. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can find you.
12: Oh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I can be found under the, the name Omar Brother Gathering on Facebook. As always, thank you for your support at the Speakeasy Cafe every Thursday night. And I'll be back. I'll be back next week.
1: We appreciate you, sweetheart. Great job tonight.
12: Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> bye bye, my bro. Oh, all right. Our next caller, area code two one six. It's like a family affair. Two one six, you're on the air.
13: Well, I appreciated learning about those snakes, and um. It used them in metaphorical terms. That was really a good piece by uh, Brother O. So, um, it was. You were running out picking up snakes and have anything to do with uh, commenting on his piece. Now, you give him a better
1: comment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, sometimes it's just, it's funny to hear your piece and just say hello to you and tell you of you. You guys, especially, I mean. Like you and James and, and Soldier Blue. I mean, so many of you have been listening to me blow air up your butts every single week, every single Thursday for 14 years. It's like, you know I love you. Not,
13: <laughs> not me. I'm just saying. She gave you a rundown on those snakes. The only thing you got is you told to leave those snakes alone. Here you're going to tell a story about how snakes that you have a chance to stay outdoors longer and be a bad girl.
1: I know. See, you a bad <laughs> girl.
13: Okay, uh, brother. Oh, that was an awesome piece. Nyla is just she likes snakes. Okay,
1: so she didn't,
13: she didn't learn anything from it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. I see how the I, I could you say the kind too, whatever kind,
9: eat you whole.
13: Yeah, I remember seeing that on the um, nature channel. Yeah,
8: that's serious.
13: You got people that really imitate those. Um, not
1: vultures. What are
13: they? The what? Are they snakes work? Uh, what are snakes? What category? Are they vultures? No. no. Rep- they're they reptiles. Live. Okay, reptiles. you are reptiles. And they're not vultures because they eat live stuff. They don't eat dead stuff. <laughs> they don't like dead stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here we go. The name of this piece is called My heart started with love. No, that's not the name of it. It's called Life, the Final Game. My heart started with love, support, life, seeking love, life, liberty, and chance by chance to support my fellow man. My heart now deserted and uncrowded and strong and unafraid. Words that touched me before now slash like sickles and a semicolon of love slashes. Meaningless. nothings. Meaningless nothing's to a wounded heart. Words leaving deep wounds, slashes, followed by the nothingness of long silences, leaving periods and dots, dots, dots at the ending, not even a question mark asking, yet you have accepted all the ropes I've thrown you, and burned all the bridges I have built for you to cross in this final board game called life. I teeter on the rope no longer. When I cross over again, my heart will not remember sacrifice nor love. Survival is a board game. My spinning head now landing on the village idiot. I rolled the dice twice. If you land on the evil forest, you may lose this game. You may receive instructions on how to save yourself. The space where I landed said, "Lights only. They will judge you for not being their happy little token. Seems they feel they have saved you and the other natives from the flies and the phantoms of Africa. They say, see? see, your own people are killing you. You need Jesus. Pull my last card and take my last spin. I land on pure heart but there are but few. You must stay amongst those who have shown you their true colors, read the card, for they are your surest hope and will never abandon you. Your kind will not always be easy to spot. However, you must learn to discern by their spirit. You will not recognize them by race alone. Remember, those who you have rescued one time or many times will lead you to perish and will not necessarily rescue nor even remember you in the end. So to win in this game called life, learn to discern not from their flesh but from the vibration of their spirit.
1: In peace Vibration of their spirit You know it's Too many times I see people Get caught up in um, You know so, Well they said all the right things type of thing You know It is never what someone says It's what they do It's what they You know people forget that I think
13: Sometimes yeah
5: Mm -hmm. But we just get
13: caught up in a lot of things in life and we don't realize that we have to learn to judge or value a person from their actions more than what they say or at least from your gut feeling of discernment. It's a spirit and the spirit is what leads you to really know what type of people you're dealing with.
5: And mm-hmm. if we
13: should deal with that person. And it's much more to go with that because you have to pray for that spirit. I mean, it's really, really people can fool you. I sent out a thing today Trump, Trump's own mother knew that he wasn't going to be about nothing. And she just would tell people, I know he's he, he, <laughs> I can I, I got it on my page I think I, it's in the private chat I'll send it to you but she knew so I was, and she had even said at the end that she hopes that her basically her stupid selfish son never went into politics it would be a disaster those are her words written
1: <laughs> uh, don't do it son no don't do it don't let
13: him do it world that's what she was saying <laughs> You're telling to the world, to the future. <laughs> I'll send it to you. It's in my building. Please do. Chat. That
1: would be awesome.
13: Okay, so that was long enough, or did you want me to do another short one?
1: You can do another one, honey. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Pit, please.
13: <laughs> I'm going to go back to my page I just found those You know how Facebook sends you stuff I'll be happy when they said it Because i don't be feeling for a long time <laughs> This is called the assassination The assassination of hope You yeah, know Let me chew my French fry Okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay The fascination of hope. I wrote this in 2012. Facebook sent it to me. So, please. Hope does not die unless you kill it. Dreams don't disappear unless you stop dreaming. The struggle will continue if you continue the struggle. Proud Africans, Native Americans, and all underprivileged people must fight for freedom. Our flesh dies, but the problem continues. Leaders are assassinated and equal rights are still not accomplished. Martyrs remind us the dimensions of spirit realms that they still feel as a slave and restless, enslaved and restless. Our problems still run rapid as the class system is gray. We must keep in mind a few blacks live as wealthy. Defy not this system. Define not this system. They think as, a, as a, think of as safe, right? See, the thing that bothers me is so many have laid down their lives and died. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Furious at the thought of many whom may have died in vain. Proud to be black, resolute and strong. Treated bad, done wrong, never had plenty, never equal, nor have equal pay. Work hard without self pity. I'd be running on empty. The cruel steel rules. What have? What we have is heartbroken families from police from police brutality. We still must fight for our human rights and dignity. They slay the great, kill our babies, did not kill the problem, yet created more pain. Some need to be taught. We still have issues. Therefore, the fight must continue. Lest our ancestors have died for naught. Or it will be said, we have lived and died in vain. And that is the assassination of hope by Mama Oladay.
1: You know, you always hope, you'll probably understand this statement very well, but you always hope that your children are better people than you are. You know, and you know that you've, you know, especially if you know you've really tried to be a good person your whole life. You know, you you just hope that you were able to teach your children better, and that each generation, you know, will do better than what you did. And then we get this this time right now with what everything that's going on political, and it's like, what in the hell stupid kids do I have?
13: <laughs> well, I think it's kind of like a little a little bit different with me. Is that I every day I pick up a newspaper or I read in my phone is always something going on. Murder, killing, murder, killing. Um I didn't even see the boom, boom bird and called a uh, a female or horse faced lesbian. I mean it was just uh, it's this negativity that's in the world today. Um somebody you think you getting ready to vote for, and you find out he's the same as the one that's already the same as the one that's already up
2: here.
8: You know,
13: um we can't do that again. Make that mistake again. And it's like it's not that I want my kids to be better than me. I want my kids to live in a better society where people treat them better than they treated me. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't, really, they don't really come no better than me, but I mean I still
1: think it's <laughs> Well yeah, we can only we can only do that one child at a time. And we hope that, you know, whatever children or whatever we're sending into the future that we have not doesn't necessarily have to be our children, folks can be anybody's children, but the fingerprints right. you leave on the next generation, make sure that those fingerprints are pushing them to a better place than where we're leaving them.
13: Yeah, that's where you're coming from, but where I'm coming from is I think that if society doesn't change their attitude towards our children, they still will be in a safe predicament and maybe even worse because mm-hmm. the biggest and the leadership is getting worse. It's not getting better. The, um Exactly. The morals. And the integrity is coming from the top. Uh, you know, just anything goes now. So, where do I, how do I? We teach our children to be good, and you see what's happening to the good people. You, you see what's happening to the good people. <laughs> they don't have mm-hmm. nothing to You know, so you know, why
1: teach them to be? You know, teach them to,
13: to stay out of the way and pray and just like really kind of get on top of the situation where we can take control of it and we can start punishing the bad people again. But the bad people are not going to be punishing the good people. That's really crazy. And that's what I mean by the assassination of hope. You know, it's not us. It's not us. It's not the good people like you and I. You know, it's a society. Like that man uh, that gave his whole life for his country. You know, he's getting punished. Vanda, van whatever his name is, I can't remember his name. But I remember his deeds. I mean, just of what a kind of letdown is that? All this craziness going on. It's like everything that's wrong is right, and everything that's right is wrong. So you know, we can't make sense out of it. It's like trying mm-hmm. to make sense out of nonsense, you know. So yeah, so I think the society has to um, has to step it up, or you know, our children are going to have to learn how to um, deal with these people. Yep.
1: Yeah. All right, Mama. Tell everyone how to find you, my love.
13: Okay. I'm over here on uh, Facebook under Vicky, AcquaH, and I'm over there on Poetry Soup under All Round Queen, Vicky Aqua. Um, I'm on Weebly under um, Artifacts, and um, I have a page. On Facebook, uh, my site called um, Library of My Poems. So if you want to read more of my poems, or or on Twitchy Soup, you can read my poems. And I'm on um, Easy on Thursdays. For the last 10 years, uh, I'm usually here. So if you catch the Speakeasy with Nyla, you'll catch Mama over Daisy.
1: Yes, we will. And we appreciate that very much, Mama. <laughs>
13: That was a public service
1: announcement.
13: <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it was a public service indeed. I love you so much, Naira. I love
1: You're love one of
13: you two Mama. unadulterated human beings on this earth that just everything that was just negative just gets over you. You're just one of the greatest, sweetest people in the whole wide, wide world. <laughs> and I'm glad. That you got me for a mama so I can teach you how to be mean when it's time to be mean.
1: (laughs) Oh, trust me. (laughs) Trust me. I'm
13: teasing teasing you. I'm (laughs) I'm a a a,
1: Taurus.
13: Take it. Don't look. My mother is, you are, and my best friend is. I already know. And my dad was also. So I already know Mm -hmm. the grazing bull is different from the fighting bull. So take your accolades. Or
1: is it your accolades? Is it your accolades? Is your accolades or your accol? Accolades. i I'm. I'm de- my altoid. Take my altoid, really, so I can talk. Really, <laughs> did, you really think, did you really think I was
13: that D.O.P.S.C.? Did you really think I was that D.O.P.S.C.?
1: <laughs> All right. Bye bye. Bye, mom. I love you. <laughs> bye, honey. <laughs> All right. Our next caller comes from area code two five six. Two five six. You're on the air.
14: That lady is one of the great precious gifts of spoken word right there.
1: I know, right? I know. Let's let's bring her back on so you can tell her that to her face. Mama, someone's talking to you.
13: I hear Stan. I love Stan. He already knows that. And um, (laughs) thank you for letting me speak to him face to face and not hogging him up like you usually do.
1: All right. Stan, Stan, Mama's man.
14: Hey, that's a given.
1: <laughs> all right, I'm gonna mute you again, Mama. Okay. Or no, I'll let you. I'll let, stay. I'll let you stand with me, and you can comment when he's done. Okay. 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 All right. Hello, introduce yourself, caller.
14: My name is Stan, out of Alabama, <laughs> and I am a great fan and believer in Mama Ola Deji.
13: Gee, <laughs> echoes because <laughs> I, I know because I know bullshit when I can't <laughs> but he is, he is a good man but not all like that I love <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy lordy hi Stan
1: what you bring oh, for us tonight honey <laughs> maybe
2: my, maybe my uh, bride. Okay. <laughs> I brought homework You
1: always. You're so good at that. I know. You know, you're you're what makes me ramble so long because you make me believe that people listen to the homework I give out and actually do it. Oh well, it's giving me me hope that people listen.
14: Well, I don't want to cast any shadows on that delusion, so I've got (laughs) (laughs) almost.
1: I love it. Go ahead, hon.
14: Well, this I took from. The prompts and I Cheated The scenario I put into A poem I know it's supposed to be prose But I put it into a poem because The topic I just couldn't pass it by
1: You know once something Leaves my mouth I can't control what you guys Do with it I can just say it So you know the fact that you want to make it dance in another direction Go for it
14: All right. Well here we go My pen lies before me dormant, as if my ink in shock. Checked into the writer's clinic, trying to get unblocked. Waiting room, a somber place, no one spoke a word. No, no sad songs tonight, laments or rhymes. All our muses had lost their nerve. Noticed a painting, thought, beautiful. Ah, yes, the beauty of dragons. An intricate design, glint of gold upon a nobleman's flagon. Now the words flow over me like a dam had overflowed free. Just took one image to set my ink loose and my muse and pen back to me. in peace.
1: What a great cure. <laughs> Mama?
13: And my muse and pen back to me. I'm still eating fries, but that was a, a very, very...
2: Wordplay poem that I really like by Stan. I'm
1: still chewing my French fries <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I want well, French that's, fries. that's
2: good. French fry with a
1: side of wordplay—that works. Okay. Really, what's better than kicking? Seriously, think about it. What's better than kicking back with your feet up, right? Your socks on, fuzzy socks on, with a thing of hot, salty, yummy French fries. Listening to poetry. Oh, that works. the size of it, too. <laughs> you better share them fries, I'm like Mama. The, I'm like the boy
13: stood on the burning deck, eating those peanuts <laughs> by the peck. The ship blew up, the boy fell in, but he kept cramming those peanuts in.
1: <laughs> Are we telling limericks? <laughs>
7: that was a good one.
1: <laughs>
13: I'm still
1: doing through the whole thing. I get my food down before they call. I don't like the whole thing. Stan, are you going to read a second one, honey?
14: Yes, I am. And this is also homework. Okay. This This is called Lost Chance. You know, it was the one time of all times I should not have held my tongue but my mind was afire with new passions and my heart unknowing and young. So I charmed and disarmed you, my conquest. No, I love yous. Just notch on my belt. Yet after moving on, even through your broken tears, it was disturbing how your pain I felt. I never achieved a real love, one for the heart, touching flesh, and only that. So miss my chance to the land of the lost. Abandon hopes with you, now the past.
13: In peace. OMG. Yeah. OMG. Yeah. That was, that was dope. That was poetry. That's a bar right there. That's no. a, that's a, that's a serious, that was a serious poetry. I loved it.
14: Oh, thank you,
1: Mama. I, I don't think that there's anyone out there who doesn't have that person. I have that person in my life. Somebody that I dated a couple times, and because he wasn't really my type, right? I just kind of right. passed him off. And and I look back, and I I know that I hurt him. And my life changed. That my life changed because that I'm not going to go into that. But, but it was the first time that I knew knew that I hurt somebody, and it affected me so profoundly. But he's the one I always look back on in life, and it's like you know, God, you were you were you know, and I hurt. I I did that. I hurt you, and you know that's that's like my 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 bad behavior regret, I guess that that made that poem very personal to me. That's
14: the part of relationships, though, also. There are going to be those who fall hard and those who are still looking. Mm -hmm. And sometimes someone will fall hard for someone who's still looking. Yeah. But that,
2: you know... It hurts. It hurts.
1: I'm, I'm going to say this, and I hope that it doesn't sound weird, but I was a little cutie when I was young, right? And I think that and and i was i had a lot of fun and everything like that but i think there comes responsibility you know if if you're in a relationship and you're still looking but you know that person's fall fell hard which i knew you know i think that gives you a responsibility to walk away from that person leaving them somehow in better shape than you found them instead of just blowing them off or you know, I think that, that some people fall hard and other ones are still looking, but I think that the person who's still looking has the responsibility to care for the one and leave better off the one they're leaving behind, because it's not their fault that we're still looking. They're just not the right one. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. I like yeah. that.
7: Yeah. I like
2: that. It's, let me
13: tell you something. You, you, get, you know, it's the thing is like everybody got to be kind of like signal- Attraction, everything has to happen at the same time. Because if you're here and he's there, it's not good. We do even try to um, make something that you don't really have that natural attraction to somebody. Or you know, um, it's it's just too hard. And that's what I don't understand like pre-arranged marriages because <laughs> it's like you just like eventually fall in love with somebody. You might not like the way they, they smell. now.
1: You know, I broke play. up with a guy one time because I didn't like the way he clanked his teeth together when he ate. Okay. So when he eat, he ate. It was like this loud teeth clanking, chomping noise, and it drove me crazy. And the first time I heard, I do him heard him do it. It was like this is what's going to make me leave him. I know it is. It's horrible when you're with somebody, and that moment, oh. that moment happens, and you know that you know that you know that this ain't it. It's just not it. I
13: mean, yeah. can't force it. Yeah. Nope. So, Stan, but that was, the, but the poetic uh, essence of that piece was really, really deep. That's like it's almost like a classic. I think it will be one mm-hmm. of the one of your classics. I really did enjoy it.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, Thank when it provokes you. this much com- this much conversation, Stan, that it was a good poem.
14: <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Thank you.
1: Now, basically, I feel like <clears throat> I was called out on the carpet and called a bitch with your poem. So. You know, really? that's a good poem. Oh. <laughs> now I'm going to have to go hey, find Lance uh, and tell him I'm sorry.
13: <laughs> well, I got to tell you something, Nyla. A Sam's been cheating on you,
1: too. <gasps> that's okay. We have an open poet. <laughs> like, oh, we have po- yeah. po- <laughs> po- mes- yeah. We're pomescuous. <laughs> we have a promiscuous <laughs> relationship. How's that? That's a good word, pomescuous. Po- mes- yeah. like
14: that. That's a good way. I like that one. We have a promiscuous relationship.
13: He's all over the place, Nyla. He got a whole bunch of women in love with well. him. Every time we, we can't <laughs> take him nowhere. That's why he That's okay. That I home. can't
1: compete with you, so I'm just <laughs> I'm just Mama's me. sloppy I, seconds I, over I'm here.
13: Sure. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not, I'm not even nothing. After you got him, he went like this, this new girl that came in, and she's just crazy about him. Then Sylvia, oh all the women crazy. they don't even. I don't even get I don't even get honorable mentions. That's why I told him the day was some BS because I this is my first day getting honorable mentions after I went off the other day. But uh, <laughs> I don't get honorable mentions anymore. So, so he he tonight he, he's cheating on you and me. So he's all over the place. Stan is uh, famous all over the uh, B was a uh, what's the name of this place here? Blacktop. He's all, yeah yeah yeah. He's famous all over. Are the you place. saying he's Stanzenova? Yes, he is, baby. Believe that. They love you, Stan. <laughs> yeah.
1: So you just gave yeah. me, you just gave yourself your homework. I want you to write a poem about all the girls that love Stan. I'm not writing about those
13: girls.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's why you should. <laughs> no, I'm not.
13: I already told him. Just like I'm telling you now, I said my
1: piece
13: already. I already told them. <laughs> I said my I'll say my stuff out loud. Uh. <laughs>
1: <Mm-mm. No. laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway. Poor Stan. You know, I'm just glad. I, I'm
13: happy about it, actually. I'm really I'm really tickled because, um, you know, everybody can see the same thing in somebody. That means it's really there. You know, it's not my imagination. I always saw it. So I'm happy for him and for everybody that's able to have a little slice of that pie. Because they, they love
1: him you know you really you brought him here to our community, you know, and the, the the wheel that you look how the wheel you put in motion has touched his life, and I'm sure it's changed his life at some point at in times, you know the Ooh, impact that so it's man. had on him. look how many people have been touched by him because of that one one oh, yeah. wheel you put in motion, mama.
13: No, I didn't put that. He put himself in motion.
1: I mean, you brought it here. You brought him here.
13: I just invited him to come, and he came. It's like I invited you to come places, and you don't come. But he came.
1: (laughs) 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 She has no qualms about throwing me under the bus, does she, guys? (laughs)
14: Didn't even blink or flinch.
1: No, she didn't. Not even a stutter. (laughs) Not even a. Is this going to ouch my daughter in front of the whole world?
13: Oh my goodness. Okay one love one mic I'm out of here I'm just eating my food Cause y'all just making me laugh
1: and joke <laughs> up. Love you mama
13: Bye-bye. Bye bye One love one
1: mic mama. <laughs> okay. uh, Stan there's a reason That we all call her mama You know it <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no mistake about putting me in my place ever And she she does it very lovingly Though I love my mama oh.
14: She gets to do whatever she yeah, wants I love Oh Absolutely of course, it's Mama,
1: yeah, you want to hang out for a while tonight? You busy?
14: Well, actually, I'm jumping around again, so
1: oh, there you go. social butterfly here. going off to that other woman. Mama talked about
14: well actually, uh, it's a show with two guys on it.
1: Well, that's just what you think. One of them's wearing a dress tonight. Think about that. Oh, no,
14: there's a scary thought.
1: yeah you're going to be picturing that all night long you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) and on that
7: note
1: tell everyone how to find you Stan
14: (laughs) you can find me on Facebook Stanley Phillips you can of course find me on Nyla Lisa's Speakeasy Cafe you can find me Friday nights on World Poetry Open Mic and this coming Tuesday at 9pm Eastern on Epiphany Radio I will be co-hosting with Rebecca Hollywoods, and it is the Hurt Locker remix. And our guest is going to be Gina
1: Storm. Oh, that's awesome! You never ask me to be a guest. Just saying. I'm just kidding. I, I never do any. I, I never do anything, so we're
2: okay. <laughs> just ask sure? Mama. Oh, you don't know ever come here to. We go. <laughs> Uh, I'm no, not right? even going to go there. <laughs> I'm
14: not even. I get in enough trouble. I don't need to help it along.
1: You know, I have too many butterflies. So unless somebody, you know, if they tell me something and then they want me to do something, they they have to, like, remind me 10 minutes before. You know, or I'm going to be chasing this thought or another and I forget things. And that's just, you know, I hope you guys love me anyway, but that's just me. I, I just, yeah. Of course. You have to, yeah, basically I have to come to my house, take me by the hand and make me go sit down and tell me what to do. <laughs> i'm probably swinging from a fan somewhere all right stan your turn
14: thank you so much thank you so much nyla and on to the next
1: (laughs) thank you sweetheart have fun this evening i will bye-bye all right so i want to let area codes uh let me grab this real quick okay we'll let area code 646 and 919 know that you are not in the lineup if either of you would like to come on the air tonight 646 or 919 press 1 and i'll know to bring you on otherwise we have got 447 447 you're
3: on the air hey Nell, it's colin
1: hi colin how are you sweetheart
3: i'm not too bad um there's been some crazy happenings over in Europe again, so one of the pieces I brought tonight's inspired by that.
1: What's going on over in Europe?
3: There was uh, some murders over in Germany, and then there was another mosque attack in London today. And it's like an insane just... world. Yeah, it just floored me. I hate the fact that we're living in a world so filled with hate. And I know that in itself is a contradiction, but...
1: <laughs> I hate that there's
3: hate. Yeah. So I'm going to bring the piece that I wrote for a prompt the other week um, based on the pinups, first, and then I'm going to finish with the piece I wrote today about what's been going on. Okay. If I'm still allowed to do too. Yes, of course. <clears throat> the prompt was literally pin-ups. But I'd taken it a different direction. And this is what I came up with. You like to call me your held against the wall, the bed, the floor. Doesn't matter to you anymore. You want to keep me Yours. Held me tight. To you it felt right. I'm crying to myself. There is no escape in sight. I need a rescue. Come and save me. I don't know if I can take it. Tell me now it's okay. Tell me you'll keep me safe. But no. I'm pinned I can't escape. In isolation. Segregation from the world. I get a few hours of escape. But then in prison comes the pain. Slowly losing all my sin. Everything becoming numb. I take the pills again. I want to escape. I need to escape. Please fucking save me. I want to live again. I want to be free. God damn, why can't I be free? So pin me up. Lock me down. In dreams of freedom, I shall slowly drown. Walking, waking to a nightmare. As my eyes open, I realise you're still here. My body, not like an old cardboard. Pimpricks taken out of my flesh please just let me go so I can move on to what's next one pin two pin three pin four my body glowing bronze under this armour of pins it's covering in holes buried into my skin five pin six pin Seven pin. More. My armour removed. My blood trickling to the floor. I found hope. Though I can't keep looking at its light. It's too far away. Though it does shine so bright. Hope pins me up with kindness. My release from this mess. I think with time... I could be just fine living life free from this jail and this distress and peace.
1: Don't know. I don't know where that one particularly came from within you. But one of the really cool things about poetry is. Once you put it out there, like a painting or music, once you put it out there, you can't control what your words conjure up in someone's brain. And I had, yeah. uh, I had a really good friend of mine that I lost, that as you were reading that, I could hear him in it so much, his distress and depression and you know, even even the euphoria of realizing there, there was hope, just not having the strength to reach out for it. You know, but the peace, it gave him knowing that there really was hope out there. You know, even though it didn't change anything. It was just, it was a very emotional piece for me to listen to.
3: Yeah. well, It's actually written about somebody I know who's in a situation where in the relationship they're in, they're being controlled by their other half. And literally it's to the point where their other half takes the phone off them at night so they can't contact outside friends. They're not allowed to see the family, things like that. Mhm. And they get a few hours of solace when they're at work. And their other half can't control what they do, so they get to talk to people.
1: I used to, I hope hope he's not listening, but when I was married, my ex-husband would not let me go to the store, when he would leave for work, he would take the car keys, and if I needed to go to the store, I could call one of his sisters to take me, I wasn't allowed to wear makeup, or curl my hair, um, things like that, so I really, I I relate to that end of it too, I mean,
3: you could definitely, you know exactly what it is she's going through,
1: yeah, yeah. Lordy, 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 what happened when I let go? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit.
0: <laughs> you know, It's really well, funny because this is a little bit personal information, get. but it was
1: really funny because I told him one time, I said, you know, I met you when I was a little girl. If you had of let me grow into a woman, you really would have loved the woman I turned into. And he said, no, I wouldn't have. <laughs> and I go, oh, what's wrong with me now? <laughs> I was trying to be all, you know, philosophical and grown up and mature about it. You know, if you'd have just let me grow up, you would have loved the woman I became. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> it was funny. Oh, God, I love my life. Call him, sweetheart. Would you like to read your other piece?
3: Yes. Um, this piece is called Rise. Gender. Orientation. Race, religion. Every fucking day, it seems there's a new division. When will we ever learn? We're not reaping what we sow. We're just letting evil in long term. If we keep our hearts and minds closed, we'll never grow. We're humankind. Fuck. No, don't tell me lies. I see a tainted race of destruction. A society I despise. We lost the community, that unity, that all for one and one for all. I'm sick of watching fellow humans fall. What for? What does it achieve? My heart is aching. How many more poor souls do we need to grieve? We are the generation that can change this. Stop giving in to hatred. Accept we're not created to be sheep from the same flock. So can we all rise today and change this world? Please rise today and change this world. I beg you, rise. We will change this world. And peace.
1: I love that peace. I love the power. I love the the prayer of that peace. You know, I don't understand the hate either. I don't understand, you know, look at yourself right now. Think about the last time you walked outside and saw something that surprised you, or you saw a picture on the Internet that you said, oh, my God, that's amazing. Or you went to the store and saw something you've never seen before, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that is so cool. I have to have it and be bringing home, right? Those are all new, different things that you never knew existed until five minutes ago. Now, how boring would it be if everything was exactly the same, if we all thought exactly the same, dressed exactly the same, be nothing left for the next moment. There would be nothing left to take our breath away. It is our differences that make us incredible. And, And you talk about the unified. And I believe this in all my heart. Usually the thing you should never talk about is religion, right? Well, this is what I believe. If I had four children and there were four continents and I told those children, I told my four children a story. And then I put one on each continent, and and I miraculously went away with magic, and I came back two thousand years later, and the generations had gone by, and my children's 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 children told me back the story. Do you think that all the children from all four continents, their children's great grandchildren, blah blah blah, blah on and on, would tell me the same story, all four of them? No, it changes. No. It's going to change through the generations of telling, the interpretation, the story changes. It's like a game of telephone. So what I believe is that we are all really worshiping the same thing. You know, there's not seven different creations. There was only one creation. Therefore, we are all celebrating the same thing. So I don't care that your generation told the story this way. I want to hear that story. I want to find out why you believe what you believe, and I want to see the magic in it that you see. I may never believe that way, but it fascinates me that you do, and I want to hear it because I believe we are only celebrating one creation. So,
3: you
1: know, if you look at the world that way and you understand that way, all of a sudden the understanding for the tolerance in our differences, you know... uh, it, it it just like diffuses that you know who cares who they sleep with you know who cares it just doesn't the hate the hate what does it serve it serves nothing it serves no purpose you gain nothing from it okay I'm done thank you
3: I'm done preaching
1: <laughs> done preaching <Sorry>. sister Lyla's <laughs> off the pulpit
3: <laughs> it's fine I, I feel the same way about it myself that's why I've ended up writing this I mean I wrote one after the Charlie Hebdo attack in France. And Facebook actually pulled it down.
1: Wow, really?
3: And I thought, that's ridiculous. I'm I'm trying to show that I'm hating the way that the world's going and that I want to see a better world for the likes of my children, for other people's children, for
1: and they took their it down. children to
3: throw And Facebook took it down. Wow. And That's I'm expecting amazing. the same to happen on my post on Instagram eventually, but you never know.
1: Send me the link so I can like it.
3: <laughs> I will do.
9: Okay.
1: All right, my love, tell everyone how they can come find you.
3: I can be found on Facebook. It's Callum Kennedy Hume. I'm also on Twitter at Kennedy Hume. I'm on allpoetry.com at Say It With Style, and I'm also on Instagram cmkh87.
1: Awesome. All right. Great job, sweetheart, and we will talk to you in a little bit. You are going to hang on for a while?
3: Yeah, I'll be hanging out for a little bit.
1: Okay. All right. I'll go ahead and put you back on hold. Thank you, son. So much. Okay. I want to, again, let uh, area code 919 know that you are not in the line, lineup. 919, press 1 if you'd like to come on, if you're here just listening and hanging out. Appreciate it. Enjoy the show. And I'm going to grab our next caller, which comes from area code 573. 573, you're on the air. Lineup, 919, press 1 if you'd like to come on, if you're here just listening and hanging out. Appreciate it. Enjoy the show. Wow, deja vu. Which comes from area code 5- oh, is that what I sound like, you guys?
8: 3, seven three, you're
10: on the air. Uh, hello, man. Hey, hey, it's sinister spittle. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was listening to it on the. I was listening to it on the radio because uh, my cell phone's down. The house phone is not cordless, so uh, sit here.
1: What's going on? <sighs> not a whole lot. I was hoping when I sent you that invitation tonight that you would call in. It's good to hear from you.
10: Yeah, I you know, I was looking for it. I didn't actually see it. I had to go on um, uh, Speakeasy or on uh, Blog Doc to get the phone number on him and have it saved. So. But yeah, I saw it when I was looking up for poems. So.
1: You mean that's not tattooed? No, I, th- I think it's perfect. On in my cell phone. But
10: my cell phone, you know, I haven't had a cell phone for a long time. I forgot to pay the bills, so. <laughs>
1: For a long time <laughs> <laughs> No,
10: seriously, I have it for like two or three years uh, I'm not a cell phone person so. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm a little angry and a little sad And, and so I need to read tonight And I got this piece that I tried to read to you once That uh, was handwritten at the time So I wasn't able to read it for shit I'm going to read that for you And then I'm going to read an old one So let's start with the one that was for shit
11: <laughs> Okay
9: All right, this is
10: Thoughts During Breakfast. Dashing synapses careen into brick balls profoundly. Serendipitous is false intuition for the half-witted. Marauded 10 deep by Nazi faggot midgets on dope. (laughs) They always said life only gives you what you could. Nope. Fuck,
1: Jesus.
10: (sighs) Spend timeless nanoseconds in nude retrospection, frightening the tenor of Dante's circle catcalling. Slip foreskin on a mind's nebula through a ring finger. Find yourself tapped into some bizarre stutter vision. Tell it to be dead. Hack of a retard puppet strung out from years on below. Sneakers tread worn like red tape monologue nosebleed. Humanity ensnared in this pseudo panache of excess. Wipe my ass with counter alien border tariffs. What's red? Patriotism is dead. Peel open cereal boxes hoping to decode Sunday's funnies. Kind of a neighbor once again cornered up for money. Tacky menstrual abrasions of sexually transmitted homesteads. Such liquid vapors pinched nostrils and blood taste buds, purple lead. Superhero nausea. Silver screen enigma has only brought vacancy and glows. Abandoned phone booth riddled in hyperdermics. and bad jokes. It's the kryptonite of a millennia and you're all addicted. Snipping thin nitrogen gases of the bulimic troposphere, Armageddon slide. Say goodbye to the false belief your time here is defined. Stumbling at the ferry gate to accumulate such a fare. Karma taxes the upper echelon affairs. Just sign the permission slip and triplicate. Join the herd slitting wrists. Social hysteria bursts fanatical rendezvous of pleasurable fears and peace. <laughs>
1: Oh, how I have missed you, my dear. It is so good to hear from you.
10: I appreciate it. I only need a little insanity, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Unfortunately,
10: I'm fucking sick of it. Uh, <laughs> but it's still life. And now we have a little bit of fun. This is called Further's Womb. This is an old piece from the book that one day will be published. But we'll see. Further's Womb. Jump into an oblivion, one unimaginable, to uniformity, a lofting vibration oozing from handfuls of tablets, color whispered and static fusion horizontally placated as the limbs corroding at each nerve junction, fading, deep, sleep, convulsion. Poor absent vapors upon the liver, sickly processing, hanging inverted crucifix at stones, probing thorns, traveling the veins of a shooter's final dance to vacancy, not aware of what I've become as a shade you see in tyrannical hues, juniper reefs be a decoration of my final decree embalmed in canisters of morose laughter fractured as the eyes of three bolts into the oblique clips plaster a concern into the arms of benevolence's safekeeping yearning transitions gray landscapes are dotted in the cra- occasional maroon outings. slanted be the breezes effects on birds of malign feather. come to brush foolishly on the tit of regular confrontation insights much the same thread as Socrates' claims of telepathy Mundane climaxes meet. The sensation of dismemberment, something I've passed before. Groping the short hairs of desperate frail passion, it lured me in. Find absolution inside kidney stones of magic fortune tellers ageless. Grief gunned down without fanfare or high desert hours. Triplicate, nervous, innuendo. Reason attempts to root itself on what is now amiss. Escaping breath, flicker and silhouettes of rasping carbon languidly creep above the Undertoes siphoning nightshade, intoxicated by each sickly transfer of their passing dander, quagmires, escaping space cowboy in the pearl of stupidity, I twirl, witless and extracted from the gravitational plethora, a singular instance of we may have gone too far now, but it's the further I seek and in, in its womb, I am complete in peace.
1: <laughs> I like it. You know, you if someone you read very quickly. So if somebody not listening close and I think even if there are listening close, I know that there's things that you said in that poem that if I were to sit down and read it on paper, I wouldn't remember you saying, you know, your your information is delivered like bullets. And so that you, I, I would love to be able, by the way, to go back and read that. So if you have that posted somewhere, link me to it if you would. But you have uh, really, really good, strong, concrete images in your writing. You're able to go from, you know, that's what makes them bullets, is because each thought thinks in or sinks in. Um, you just have a really good talent of being able to just quickly go through those and, and hit, hit, hit each time. Good, strong imagery.
10: Yeah, someone goes uh refer to me as um, staccato. Or, uh, yeah, like machine guns, you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, I I try I've, I've slowed it down over you know from compared to what it used to be but a lot of it, it is meant to be delivered quick It's and hard. yeah
1: it's the impact of it I don't think would be the same were it read were it performed slowly No You know but it's you it's a different connection between listening to someone perform their work and reading it on paper Oh, yeah. you know, even written on paper, I think that your words are strong enough in their own that they would still have that bullet impact on paper without being performed. So that's you know, it's just really that your imagery is just that strong. It's that good.
10: I appreciate that. Yeah, one day I'd like to uh, be able to get uh, YouTube videos up where I can just hear me reading and and the words come across. Um, so you can read as you hear it, because um, I think you need both, because because of my delivery, um, you need both, and it's like a lot of people will tell me, oh that's great, that's great, and I'm like you don't even know what the fuck I said <laughs> 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 half of that shit went over your head because as you said, you know, there's so much there and you know, a lot of it's uh, cynical and, and backhanded, and it's done on purpose um, where I, I put you know, things in there, and just hearing it, you're not gonna realize. Oh, he just talked about this and that, and, you know, um, or, or or you know, made fun of himself or somebody else. And, yeah, I, I I don't know. Just I enjoy doing it. I can't do it anymore. I haven't written shit in months. But uh, yeah, we'll get back that's again.
1: okay. You know, when your hand is quiet, that means you need to listen to your brain. Now people sit there and say, I haven't written anything in in months. I've got writer's block, and you don't. You know, no, a writer I don't have, I, mean I don't have, have
10: writer's to, block. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Sometimes to survive, you have to kill your brain. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm quoting
10: Twenty One Pilots. That's not my line. Um
1: hmm Exactly. But, uh, exactly. And I'm glad you just, think yeah.
10: that way. It's not not writer's block at all. It's just I am overwhelmed, and then. Um, Sometimes getting, your
1: brain just needs to be quiet. <laughs> it's <yeah>. okay.
10: <laughs> Sometimes it just needs a lot of acid and mushrooms. And, break
1: on through. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd do that. I'd be—I I'd bounce off the walls enough as it is. <laughs> All right, Sin, great job tonight, honey. Thank you.
10: Thank you. I need Senator Spittle, S B I T A L. Google that shit, I remember
1: All right, honey. Bye, we'll bye. talk to you soon, sweetheart. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 646646. You're on the air.
7: Hey,
15: good evening. Thanks for having me.
1: You are very welcome. Who do we have here?
15: Uh, my name is Advocate of Words, and I'm from the Bronx, New York City.
1: Well, welcome to the show, my dear.
15: Yes, first time here, first time calling in, so I've been liking what I'm hearing.
1: Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you here, and we're glad to see what you've brought for us tonight.
15: <clears throat> okay. So, um, what are what's the censorship rules? I want to make sure that I play within the lines.
1: (laughs) We have a mature rating, but not an adult rating. So anything besides graphic, adult, porn, sex, poems, you're good to go.
15: Okay, awesome. And I know a poem I'm going to do. So uh, this is uh, a lot of poets. They tend to write love poems, and this is a poem about the person I love the most. I turned acorns into bombs and play wingman at the barber. Make a motorbike out of bus seats and fly to lands that man can't bother. Slip down slides too narrow for a six-one body just for the smiles I barter. Or on the day's work of me hoping to become a better father. I got a billion yeses in reserve for when my son asks, "Wanna play with me?" I might let him curse on the low, but he will say please and thank you graciously. Like his pops, he tends to talk a lot, and he'll force you to learn how to listen patiently. Don't be alarmed if you see us walking down the street shooting imaginary laser beams. We like to do that. Every toy in the store that greets his eyes, I promise he's requesting. And I keep saying no until he starts asking the right type of questions. Because I can't always be there to be an immediate intervention. So even in between the Millennium Falcon and Death Star, I sneak in a lesson. I'll be damned if that next Lego set is built by I. Let him throw a tantrum and huff and puff and sit and cry. Let him hold his breath, even put his own finger in his eye. I purchased said item. I'll make him earn it. And after he throws his fit, he'll try he learned that people only truly support those who are doing for themselves, and we are all just one lost privilege away from living in a hell. So carry a big stick, but don't knock others' hearts off their shelves. Morals emit rings, and karma hears all toll bells. Now, I don't know how anyone listening sees the role of a parent. The end-all, be-all of raising a kid? Is not what I'm declaring. By no means am I some super dad who's ethereal seafaring. I just felt like the need for more sincere love poems as a parent has taken a child to make adult me feel self-conscious. Put me on the stage anywhere in the world, and I promise you, I'm thinking, Psst, I got this. I can have slang sound proper, make malleable out of the obnoxious, but being charged to be the father of heaven's favorite comes with no manual I could stick in my back pocket. I show bravery when scared and hide a moon of fear behind a marble of courage. Indeed, Mimi has given me more than just a proverbial purpose. Yo, someone better tell the advocate of words that someone's dissecting the validity of his verbiage. Every word, every connotation, every action is being broken down like Peter at a circus. So in closing, if my son wants to grow up and become a hippie who will cook and bake and griddle soy... Or a New Neurekan poet, still unwilling to deal with his own complexes like a fickle Freud. The day he steps out from under my shadow will be one of bitter joy, because although he is destined to become a great man, he will always be my little boy. End of poem.
1: (laughs) I have to tell you, sweetheart, as a mother of three sons, I love that poem. Ah, I don't you. think I do not think that there is a parent out there who isn't just sitting there right with you right now, just you know, just saying yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> throughout the whole thing. <laughs> that was an amazing, amazing piece, and I agree, a love poem for your kids.
4: Thank that you. Was, yeah. That yeah. was
1: that. that took my breath away.
15: Awesome. Yeah, he's. Uh, like I always tell people he makes me look like a great father. He's just that awesome. So, um, (laughs) yeah, he's me 2.0, and I like that. much better than me, and I tell him that when he has kids, they got to be better than him, too. So, you know, legacy, I'm big on that. So I'm glad you appreciated the poem.
1: Oh, more than appreciate it. I applaud it standing up.
15: Uh, You can't see it, but I am
1: really standing up now. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, honestly. All right, wait, I'm lying. Okay, now I am really, truly standing up and applauding. Now I heard the chair. Now I heard the chair. I didn't hear it before. I knew you were
15: just being nice, but then I heard the chair when you really got up. Well, you
1: know, I sincerely meant it. In my brain, I was standing up, but I thought, no, no, if I'm going to say it, I'm going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So do you want to read a second one for us, darling?
15: Um sure I've got a okay. a short one because I'm sure you got other people waiting so um I got a short one so um like I said I'm from the Bronx I'm a Puerto Rican who's uh, born and raised in New York so this short poem is about that I'm a grandson of the first of the Neo Requenos direct descendants of Uncle Sam's draft picks of Latinos by way of Spanish assimilation of Tainos, whose prior culture was influenced by both African and Asian traders. Primo, I am both deceitful pillager and peaceful villager. I'm the Eurocentric immune system surviving the cold, Arawak beauty that was enslaved and sold. I am deadly arrow, belly of the beast with the smallpox cure. My people's blood is so mixed, but our soul is just so pure. Now I live in the Bronx at the top of the metropolitan grid, swinging from coconut palms to city light post as a kid. So when you're checking for words, cousin, know who you're seeking. I am and always have been a new Eurekan. End of poem.
1: I love that. Have you ever done one of those DNA tests? You know, where you spin no, the a I bottle think- and you send it in?
15: You know what's funny? Here's the thing. I'm going to let you know a little something about me, right? Like I'm one of those weird conspiracy theorists everyone likes to make <laughs> fun of. Okay. okay. So, I di- so I didn't do it. But I feel as the years go on, I become more justified because what happened uh, is that apparently uh, a news article came out uh, yesterday or today that the, um, the federal government, uh, sent uh, a subpoena of some sorts to um, DNA123 or one of those websites to be able to get people's DNA. So, um, you know, I'm real cautious I think they about should. that
1: stuff. I think they should. First of all, you know, if they want my DNA, they're going to have it anyway. What's What can they do to me by having my DNA? Besides, if I, well, I go out and, and do a crime, then I'm going to be in a national data bank, and they find me. But there's nothing they can do. They can't steal my identity. They can clone me later, which, oh, my God, that's awesome. 27 little Nylas running around. Why not? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, what they could do, number
15: one, like you said – they can get it. I just don't want to make it easy for them. But you're right. If they want it, they could
1: get it. But number yeah, two, if, if, if there's nothing get, they can do with your your social security number, that can affect you. But there's nothing they can do with your DNA. But, you know, one of the things that they do, it's, a lot of it's for medical research. So, you know, I don't plan on going out and you know mass raping anybody tonight. So, you know, it's okay if they have my DNA. But it's it's really cool, and I have to tell you, the, the flip side of that coin, right? So I was given one for Christmas. And I always knew my dad, you know, all my dad ever said was that his dad was kicked out of Ireland. He came to New York, married a whore. And now here we are. Right. Um, That's true. The true story. That's what my dad told me about my heritage on his side of the family. (laughs) You know, anything else I've had to glean from little bits and pieces that have dropped here and there. You know, but I did the 23 and me, which is probably when you're talking about DNA test and uh, found out a whole bunch of stuff about me that I didn't know that makes more sense. And I found out because when my dad was working a job, he hurt his back. And so on the side, he used to sell fuller brush, which is kind of like, you know, a uh, household products to a, for an Avon lady. He would go door. He did door to door sales when he was uh, younger and had this is before I was born, but um, had hurt his back on the job. He did that to make side money. Right. So as a result of that, my dad going door to door, Now being on Twenty Three and Me, I am collecting half brothers and sisters like a charm bracelet.
15: Oh wow!
1: Not even kidding. I've got four half brothers and sisters now that I've found out about.
15: Wow, that's crazy!
1: Not awesome.
15: Your your (laughs) family's growing by the minute. (laughs) My
1: my daddy was a charmer. I'll tell you, the girls (laughs) love my daddy. He he was like he was like a uh oh was it frank sinatra cool the rat pack jazz saxophone player yeah the girls love daddy i guess too much i guess <laughs>
15: <laughs> so yeah so have you, the, have the, you the, built relationships with these people now have you started, um, have you have you reached out to them have you spoken I've to them i've talked
1: i've talked to one and i have a niece that i absolutely adore and have been talking to her um but it's just, it's kind of neat. It's, for me, I love the history. I love the the family tree thing, where we came from, blah, 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 blah. You know, so for me, the DNA part of it, knowing that, I mean, truly knowing that—is just, it's just really awesome. And uh, because of the DNA test and the data bank that it's connected to, I've been able to trace my family tree all the way back to the 1500s. Yeah.
15: Back to the 1500s?
1: Back to the 1500s, yep.
15: Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's the so
9: that's the so crazy. It's
15: yeah. fun. Nah, like like I said, I, I've read too much and how they've been able to to create diseases designed for just certain people. You know, like I said, but what you said at at the too is that like if they want you they get you. And and I also believe that, too. But my thing is always like, well, I'm just going to make it harder for them. That's it.
1: (laughs) Now now you've got me all (laughs) scared. Diseases to hit certain people. I'm only five feet. What if they don't want short people in the world anymore? Because we're not genetically (laughs) tall. (laughs) Now I'm scared. I've never eaten a Dorito again. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's it's.
15: It's horrible, but it's also interesting how, you know, certain diseases are designed to only affect certain people from certain cultures or mixes of cultures or, you know, from certain places in the world. So, um, you know, it's interesting. So do you think that there's a
1: reason? Do you think that there's not a reason that there was so much bad drug abuse in certain New York areas and neighborhoods and in others?
15: Oh, yeah, that was all by design. I come come from an NYPD family. So you know, I've heard stories and how things are done, and, and my uh, my uncles uh, are veterans, and I've heard war stories and stuff like you know, it's just it's scary stuff. Mm-hmm. What's the the saying? Um, the truth is weirder than fiction. Two
1: uh, stranger than fiction, yeah.
15: Stranger than fiction. Yeah. And so when I started hearing these things, I was like, stop playing with me. Cause I'm a storyteller. Stop playing with me. I thought they were joking, <laughs> you know, like telling one of their stories, like we could one up you. And they're like, no, we're being honest. So, um, you know, but you know, I like I, you, what you said is very true. No matter who you are, where you are, if they want you, they could get you. But my thing mm-hmm. is, well, but I'm going to make them work for it. They want me. They're going to work for it just a little bit harder. But, um, now
1: watch, you're gonna wake up tomorrow morning. There's gonna be someone in a 23 and Me uniform out digging through your trash can. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, little fucker, we're gonna go get him for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they earn their paycheck. Like they, earn... <laughs>
15: <laughs> they earn their paycheck. Um... Oh,
1: too funny. Now watch, you're gonna go out there and switch can- sacks, garbage sacks, with your neighbor. <laughs>
15: there you go. <laughs>
1: And it's no, never start, ending. Oh my I'm gosh. I'm going to start washing
15: plastic cups before I throw it out and everything now. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hook, hook an electric wire up to your trash can lid, you know. <laughs>
15: there you go. There you go.
1: Oh, too You're funny. Me too All right, many baby. Ideas now. <laughs> I know. Do me a favor and tell everybody how to find you.
15: Oh, um, I'm I'm on social media, all the platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all of that, as advocate of words, and that's W O R D Z. You know, I'm hip hop from the Bronx, and um, you know they can uh, they can Google me because I you know been on other platforms, have been interviewed, stuff like that, and um, yeah, they check me out there. Advocate of words
1: awesomeness all right well now that you've been to the show i'm hoping that you will make it your home and come back and share with us often because i want to hear more
2: yeah yeah
15: definitely i, I had off tonight and I, awesome. and I came across it on facebook and i was like oh let me call in let me just see so because i used to do this back in the day and um so yeah definitely i will so again i appreciate you having me on and uh enjoy your night thank you
1: <laughs> you too sweetie appreciate it bye I love that. Turn acorns into bombs. Okay, our next caller comes from area code 919. 919, you're on the air. Hey.
2: Hey, sweetheart. How long How is life?
1: How are you doing, honey? How's everything going?
2: Everything is going good.
1: Hugs to you, by the way.
16: Okay. Uh could you call somebody and then call me up next and finish up poem I'm finishing the poem here.
1: Okay. All right. I've got actually got a track that I'm gonna play real quick. And then I'll come back to you. Okay, okay? Let's work
16: and then hit me up. I'll be done. All
1: right. All right. I'm gonna play a track here for you real quick. Um I've got some issues with the lines right now, so uh I'm going to yeah, let see if I can get a hold of the text and see what's going on here. So this one is a piece by Carrie Radzinski. It's called Dear Stranger,
11: Here You Go. Dear Stranger, if you hear this and think it could be about you, please don't stop listening. I am homeward bound, and if I have found you, then it must have been meant to be. Take each word that is more than silence and place it inside parentheses. You'll know what to do soon enough. Dear Stranger, I used to be told by the boy that was in love with me that I had the talent to keep him on the phone for three hours longer than he planned to be. It wasn't until I would hang up that I would realize it wasn't talent, but complete fascination with the sound of our voices intertwining between two states and the belief that we were closer than we were that kept us up all night. He and I were the kind of bad dreams worth having. Unforgettable with the desire to find out how it would have ended if we hadn't woken up when we did, I'm not saying I'm still in love with him. I just don't believe I would be able to stop myself if I found him all over again. Dear stranger, we were pipelines funneling chances of locked eyes six inches away from all that we could breathe, and I knew I liked it too much because I couldn't pull my face out of a smile for two weeks. I keep seeing you in the faces of boys who look nothing like you when I'm riding subways, but it's been worth it every time for the eighth-of-a-second coaster ride my heart gets to go on. It's like a chance meeting with Disney World, and I don't even care that the palm trees are bare this time of year in Boston. I keep having to remind myself that we're not in love yet, but I'm pulling for the fact that it could, should, might, has to happen, so you'll know my promises I want on my hands like lifelines permanent. Pulled out of the sky, I made you into a constellation that spelled taken, so every girl that laughed at your jokes would know that you laughed at my jokes, and I don't want the best. I just need what can pull me out of the worst, so we can exist as storm clouds on dry summer nights, furious. Dear stranger, I've been crossing out the word sorry from every dictionary that I could find since the age of ten, and I'm not about to stop because I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Piece me together with patches of three-hour timeouts in the three minutes that elapsed before we met. I'll keep breathing for you, even when you don't want me to. Dear stranger, daylight, we haven't met yet. When we do, our smiles will be so close, we'll believe they're from the same light source. And that's the way I like it.
6: You and I are standing at the Hertz rent a car counter, and you are trying to convince me to rent a convertible. You say, the extra hundred bucks won't be something we remember years from now. You are wrong. (laughs) I remember. you are also right. Later that afternoon, we drive down the coast of California in a white convertible Camaro. Three hours south of San Francisco is Big Sur, a stretch of coastline where the cliffs cleave into the Pacific Ocean, and we drive along the edge of the blade. I notice the fog, how it emerges from the mountains themselves, as if we are not the only ones to sigh relief. I look over at you, hair whipping back in a wind you bargained for. I want to say something, but I do not know what. And so I tell you a story. In elementary school, I had a crush on a girl for three years, first to third grade. And one day she left school without telling anybody. In the middle of the year left on a normal Tuesday, and did not come back. I never said a single word to her. Thought about it. Definitely thought about it. I wanted to say, I like how your left shoe is always untied. How you raise your hand with your palm facing the back of the room. How you always sharpen your pencil during math class, and you pass my desk to do it. In the convertible, you laugh, say how, you like how carefully I choose my words, that we are comfortable in silence. I say, I love you, which is not something I say often. Later, we come upon wet cement. We giggle, fingers out, ready to write our names, two aliens phoning home. Then we stop. Talk about how it would be insensitive, how this is not our block, keep walking, do not hold hands. Do not talk about what it means to write our names next to each other, what it means to let that harden. Over the sound of our footsteps, I want to say something, but I do not know what. Weeks later, we are sitting in a restaurant in this city that is never silent, but in our corner, it is quiet, for a long time and then you say adventure is important to me now and you leave on a normal Tuesday and do not come back I visit all the places we have gone like a tourist trespassing in a Hollywood neighborhood hoping to spot a star for just a few seconds I visit many places speak to many people, speak through a microphone, so I cannot hear anything else. Months later, we see each other. You tell me, you look okay. You tell me, you did so many things right. You tell me, I do not know what to say. I nod in agreement. And for a moment, we are together, two aliens phoning home. And then you leave, and it is quiet. And I ask questions to an empty room. Do you remember the Camaro? The fog. The middle-aged woman with the side ponytail at the rent-a-car counter. The hundred bucks. How you thought we wouldn't remember any of this years from now? But I do. I remember.
1: All right, let's see if ground was fairly. 919, are you with me? Yes, ma'am. Are you ready, sweetheart?
16: Yes, ma'am. I told you one minute and I, was, and I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I couldn't I, have
1: unmuted you, so I'm glad you're still here.
16: Okay, good, good, good. That's good. Yeah, uh, I had this poem. I've been trying to memorize it. It's, it's in my last book, Poetry of Thought, Volume 3. And I've been trying to memorize it for the last week. And it's kicking my wire behind. Ah. But but I wanted to perform it and I, di- I didn't have it written down where I can see it. I said, let me write it down and then I can perform it more flawlessly. So are you ready? I am
1: ready, please.
16: This poem is called Her. She is a woman. And like all women, a little guile and deceit lurks within them, and they become the terror. Their duty is an imperative thing. This is a tall order, and by any means necessary, they prevail. They serve mankind. And as serve themselves. The facade that is theirs. The mask that she wears. A power thrust upon her. No one not in her position can fathom this. Is this curse a blessing? We see the cup half full, compasses our survival. What power lurks here? The biology of it all. A divine concept whose time has come. It is a beautiful thing to observe life. Ever the uncertainty, the apprehension abounds. And we pass the night with wine, women, and dance, dulling our senses to harsh realities. In the bosom, the ties of women, we renew our spirit in hope of a new day. And the night passes, but for the women, It goes on, ever the query, the wandering mind, that force that lurks within them, holding them captive, a captivity from which they will not flee, for here is duty found, and here is duty done. Thank you, thank you. You are very,
1: very welcome. That was a great piece, sweetheart. Were you going to read two
16: tonight? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm going to read two. I'm going to read okay. this other one here. I'm going to read this one here. Uh, this one is called I Write For You. It is a weird thing when my soul stands still, when I can count three things of my heart. I write for you. I write for you. I intend to leave a little piece of me for you. I write for you. I write for you. So when I am gone, you'll think of me. You'll think of you and how fleeting life is. Here today Gone tomorrow, my footprints in the sands of time. We pass by on the road of life. A moment in time, the anxiety abounds, the madness flourishes all around us. Always din and dirge, the uncertainty forever assails us. Cups full of suspense to drink with the bread of solace. We mostly dine in silence to find what peace, what peace there is that seems to forever elude us. I write for you. Thank you.
1: I write for you. Beautiful peace, sweetheart. Absolutely wonderful, Granville. Thank you.
16: Yes, so Welcome, my dear. so welcome.
1: Awesome. Do me a favor and tell everyone how they can come find you.
16: Yes, everyone. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Granville John Hedrington, out of Raleigh, North Carolina, born in St. Kitts, Nevis. You can find. You can oh i have I have a couple of books on insta- and an amazon my third book is an Amazon poetry for thought volume three and my second book is, is the also poetry for thought volume two go check it out look it out and I'm sure you'll find something to enhance your life because awesome. that's what i do.
1: Wonderful. All right, sweetheart. Appreciate it so much. And we will see you next week.
16: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You will. All right, I, honey. I, 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 I should have those last couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. All right. We'll talk to you then, babe. Thank you.
16: Yes, ma'am. Bless your love.
1: <laughs> Bye-bye, sweetheart. All right. So we still have – I, can't, I don't, can't get any other lines on you guys. If you're trying to call in and you're getting that fast, busy signal, just keep trying. Uh, the text are working on the lines. We're going to play a couple more poems. I still have Tomiko and Callum on the line. You guys have something prepared to read if you'd like, and I'm going to check with you in just a moment and see if maybe you guys would like to read something. But I'm going to play a couple tracks because we don't get a lot of chance – uh, a lot of chances to do this. So it's, when things like this happen, it's kind of neat because I can bring you some of the tracks besides just opening and ending the show with them and be able to share this with you. This is one by Philip K. called uh, my, grandmother's, my Grandmother's Ballroom. Okay. I didn't have my glasses on. Here we go.
6: My grandmother's mind was a ballroom. Inside were her memories, each one dressed for a celebration. The man there in the white blazer on the dance floor is the memory of her wedding day. He never stops dancing. That memory there in the long purple dress staring out the window, the day my father left for college. That memory there hunched over his food the day she got her first cavity filled, my grandmother's ballroom, always in motion. My grandmother used to tell me stories. Philip! Remember the time you and I made strawberry jam? I pretend I don't, so I can hear it again. Well, you were eight years old, inside my grandmother's ballroom, a woman in a red gown, mistletoe eyebrows, clears her throat, carefully kisses forked to wine glass, tells the story of a boy and his grandmother, how they picked out the reddest strawberries in the store, how they ate so much jam. They ate until it was summer again, each time the boy thinking... My Nama and I made this. It happened slowly at first. There are things you can forget and no one misses. Philip, where did we park the car? What was the soup of the day again? I thought the movie started at eight. Inside my grandmother's ballroom, jubilant chaos. Her memories drunk on a wine they had never tasted before. A cancer no one understood. Philip, what was your father's phone number? We went to Hawaii together? It's your birthday. Her memory is slurring their words, staggering across the dance floor, lifting their wine glasses for more. What day is this? Why am I in the hospital? Where is my hair? The last time I got to see her, She could not speak, eyes closed. Nama, it's me, Phil. Remember the time you and I made strawberry jam? No? Well, let me tell you. And my grandmother, silently in bed, squeezes my hand. Somewhere, a woman in a red dress, feet blistered, still dancing, taken by the music.
11: I
17: often repeat myself, and the second time's a lie, I love you, I love you, see what I mean? I don't, and I do, and I'm not talking about a girl I might be kissing on, I'm talking about this world I'm blissing on and hating at the exact same time. See, life doesn't rhyme, it's bullets and wind chimes. It's lynchings and birthday parties. It's the rope that ties the noose and the rope that hangs the backyard swing. It's a boy about to take his life and with a knife to his wrist, he's thinking of only two things, his father's fist and his mother's kiss. And he can't stop crying. Is wanting tonight to speak the most honest poem I've ever spoken in my life, not knowing if that poem should bring you closer to living or dying. Cause life doesn't rhyme. It's dark and light, black and white, and tonight, I'm not so sure that's a metaphor, because my life has been hard at times, but mostly it's been wind chimes, birthday parties and backyard swings mostly it's been as gentle as a mother's kiss and I'm trying to balance this with the knowing that for many life has been as brutal as a father's fist pounding out days like black guys and split lips living lives where every sunrise feels like a whip scars are too tired to bleed eyes so tired of crying that dying would be easier than this and who am I to be saying this shit? When I could write a thousand poems and all the pain I have not known will never know simply because of the color of my skin more gold than white but gold like the gold in the pockets of those who bought and sold people's lives gold like the penitentiary keeping slavery alive gold like Columbus like those who profit from free trade and those who pay a slave wage in the so-called land of the free gold like a Nazi like the WTO that made a South Korean farmer go to the middle of a protest and take a Swiss army knife to his head just so the world would know how hard as people bled and bleed and now I'm on my knees praying for a way to feel blessed when I'm wondering how many of my blessings have been watered by the tears of those who are oppressed. how do I feel grateful for the gifts that I've been given knowing the gifts that I've been given have been wrapped by a system that holds others on their backs just trying to make a living and if I think I'm not to blame for that do I think I should be forgiven when you trace my family tree just five generations I could almost guarantee somewhere a slave owner funded my college education so maybe i never wore a white sheet or was the thief who stole the soil for this nation not the lynching or the landmine or the boxcars of immigrant bodies, not the blankets laced with smallpox, the sweatshops the bomb dropped on Nagasaki maybe my finger has never pulled the trigger of white supremacist crime and violence still I will forever be as guilty as my silence when the color of my skin grants me privilege for those sins. The crime I do not stand against is as good as mine. Every time I do not stand, there is blood on my hands, like the blood on that fist that pounds people's lives into black eyes and split lips. And I'd rather be a kiss or a wind chime, rather build some bliss in this world in my lifetime. Cause I know we were born to be one But right now it's more like we're separate sun rays Falling from the same sun And so far we've only built enough sky for some to shine And knowing that I don't want to be a poet who writes pretty lines I want to be a part of something bigger Start building this world into a poem that rhymes
4: All week what I wrote to write was for tonight, I'ma recite open mic poetry night, I reached the door the cover charge, crowd neither small or large. Poet number one, his name King Son. I could tell his piece was a religious one, he said hallelujah, amen, before he begun, seemed like forever before he was done, I'm like, was he motivated by the bible, or reciting one? Yes, pride should exist in every human being But poets are the proudest I've ever seen Gay pride Women's pride Black pride Soldier pride He never died He got pride His parents died He never cried Muslim pride I did not take part in bombing suicide We only up to 15 He doing a poem about the price of gasoline Poet 20 His piece would have moved me Except he kept quoting movies In that In you poet. you Poet 50 was an ex-rapper, slowing up his bars, doing a poem about girls' jewelry and luxury cars. The next poet's vocab was enormous, a-breathing,
11: walking,
4: talking,
11: this story. The next who thought he poetry,
4: he's doing poetry, she's singing the chorus.
5: Poet 100,
4: writing about love again, Here it come again.
5: Heartache,
4: heartbreak, how much can a heart take I'm like, won't you leave and grieve, learn from your mistakes Poet 264, over overused in the metaphors steady, jelly, He said read belly, before, belly, honestly I couldn't take no decision. more I didn't even want to hear what Poet 300 had to say He had dreadlocks and a book bag Thinking he was talking about the problems of the world today and how there's no medication in Zimbabwe. He was telling us the future signs and said peace and blessings in all his lines. When Poet 500 hit the stage, her piece was so long I could feel myself age. Every time I thought she was done, she flipped a page. People started talking, yawning, she wasn't saved. Poet 550 started spitting about how dope his quotes is. I figured he was on dope when he wrote this. Like a poem so abstract it's whack. He said silhouetted soliloquies. I'm like, what the hell is that? Poet 720 had blonde hair spitting a piece while he black. Not only was the 733rd poet's piece long, but he was shouting at us like we did something wrong. Poet 776 sang a song, and she wanted us to sing along a gospel song. She know the notes, she just can't hold on. Even the Lord knows she wrong By the time she finished her screaming People were leaving She pointing, talking about See, that's them demons Poet 800 was a lady who truly touched my heart Telling a tale about a woman who lived from a shopping cart When out of nowhere She cut the tale short Talking about get a rest on my CD Show poets some support I'm pissed Handed her five bucks for the disc The next twenty poets All the same, he left me, she left me I'm so empty, religion, politics, similes, metaphors, verbal tricks I'm skinny, love me, I'm chubby, hug me So what if I'm ugly, look inside, love me I'm celibate, I'm selling it, i do it for the hell of it Poet 910, tight shirt, wanna be model Smelling like he wearing the whole bottle Women moaning, before he said a word. I wonder what they heard. Cause they moaned, hissed, and whistled through their teeth. through this man piece. They didn't know what they was missing. Me neither, cause I didn't listen. Well, the 999th poet. By now, the crowd was void of any energy. I closed my eyes, and I grabbed the mic. And I shared this piece I'm about to recite. <clears throat> One thousand poets, including me. Yet there's no eluding me. Just your relation to the pain is including me. See, it's the painful pen pain that's soothing me. It's my mistakes improving me. So I make it plain to see, so you won't live as painfully or experience pain as explained to me. So when you fail, there's no blame for me when I to the claim for free. I gave what remains of me. If it inspires you, it takes a little bit of the pain off me. So I hope you see my pen as a blessing to give you food for thought. Please, come back for seconds. When I open my eyes, what do I see? Two drunks, the DJ, Poet 1000, and me, and me, and me, and me.
0: I was little. My mother was a bank teller. I called her a fortune teller. She nicknamed me Pangea, not Pangia. I was never in one piece. The first time I called someone ugly, my heart had an ice cream headache for three weeks. Tell that to my future. Say the moon doesn't care to be a bully when it's full. I was running for myself on empty. Not much made sense, like the Russians didn't like us because they couldn't afford blue jeans. What I knew is that I wasn't killing spiders because I was scared of them. I was killing them because they were scared of me. You can have a cold war with yourself, even in the summertime. I watched the rocks get slapped by the sea. I knew the sea was made of the same stuff as tears that meant if you were hurting, you could understand the sharks, maybe carry them between your ears, maybe hear the word love and start running from the teeth. I was running around with a panic in my chest. The teacher said, silence is golden. I wanted to say silence is bronze at best, but I'd already time-capsuled my voice box hoping someday I'd be either brave or scared enough to dig it out and open it all the way up. That's how I got here in this old rocking chair, typing with my grandma's thimbles on my fingers. Every poem is something being sown. Every poem is me asking, are we there yet, are we there yet, are we there yet? Years after, they told me I was already home. My love's feet were still not welcome on a welcome mat, but you never seen bridges that could arch like that. So we crossed the river to where the echo took us in. That's how I learned. Bouncing back is about being honest with the canyon. That's how I got this see-through skin, this glow-in-the-dark fear, this here's my shame on a silver plate. I know it's the one meal all of us share. I know how much time we spend sleeping beneath our beds because somebody told us that's where the monsters should hide. Y'all, everyone is going to pick a side on whether they're good or bad, whether you are kind or cruel. But what if the quickest route to loving ourselves is deciding it's all true? Every bit of it. I was not a child the last time I threw a full tantrum fit in the grocery store. I was not poor the last time I stole someone's heart like it wasn't worth my change. I do not need air traffic control to tell me there have not been enough flights for me to lose all of my baggage. But I am learning to claim it at the same carousel where I am learning beating yourself up is never a fair fight. Only knocks the wind out of our chances to come clean to that canyon, to be exactly who we are, so we might become exactly who we want to be. So if our baggage is to run, we will one day learn to run like we sing, like someone took apart a cello to build our hamstrings. This is me running straight into your arms to tell you my skyscraper heart might still be afraid of heights. Your dark side might still be searching for its stars, but the acoustics are still amazing amazing. Our meteor showers, the light, will never be out of your league. You were the first one picked for your own team. Our underdog hearts are winning this game even when we're doing it all wrong, even when we're falling apart. Sometimes it takes a storm for the whole sea to start doing the wave. I know it took a storm for the message in the bottle to finally reach my shore, to teach me how to write my entire life using only the shift key to mess up, to bounce back, back, to let myself be, the hinge that keeps opening the door, to look you straight in the eye, to tell you I didn't come here to write my heart out, I came to write it in.
1: going to i'm we don't have any phone lines up i've still i have two callers that have not hung up so i still have them on the line with me if you are trying to call in and you're getting that fast busy please keep trying it'll hopefully let you on eventually we've got a little bit of time left in the show so i want to see if i can bring Tamiko back on real quick see if she wants to read something Tamiko, did you want to share with us again
9: yeah um i did like get out of the queue and get back into the queue and so mm-hmm. maybe you know I guess there's something going on with the with the system or something.
1: Yepers.
9: But yeah. There I is. Do, yeah, I do have um another piece It's based on your one of your prompts for the borrowed line from Dennis's poem. Um you just have to keep going. Yes. So I wanted to. That's what I'm calling it, and it's going to be in the poem. So okay. Okay. Um, You just have to keep going. Even if the noonday sun doesn't make you warm. Even if the meanness of locusts create a swarm. Even if everything you've believed that is holy and true. You're sitting in a corner on the dust of a dusty heap. Even if all you have are tears and fears to rock you to sleep. You just have to keep going. The lover that is holding love's hand is bliss and knowing you just have to keep going in peace.
1: I love it. You always have such beautiful words to share.
9: Oh, thank
1: you. <laughs> You're welcome, sweetheart. Shall we bring Collam on, see if he wants to read?
9: Sure.
1: Colum, are you with us?
7: I'm still here, yeah.
1: I was afraid you might be asleep. You <laughs> awesome. Do you want to share something with us? I've got Tamika on the line Tamika on the line with us.
3: Hi, uh, it's Miko.
9: Hi, Colin.
3: Yeah, I've got another piece. It's a collaboration I've done with a wonderful poet from over in America. And it was for a poetic duets prompt. Um, Madeline Love versus Mad At Love. i have been madly in love since I discovered she existed. The greatest gift fell into my lap. There was no way I could have missed this. I can't understand what he means. I'm torn from scene to scene. A collection of yesterday's nightmares and broken dreams. I... Watch the fire burn in her eyes. She likes my life with just a smile. This goddess calls herself just a woman. But I... I get to call her mine. I fight him every night when my fears eat my heart to nourish the dark. He looks at me with nightlight eyes. And I swear to God, when he says, you're mine, he's looking at the worst of me. She believes I have magic. I just don't see what she could see. But even though I have little to offer other than my heart and my time, I will still always give her all of me. Are we in the same story? He talks like a fairy tale and lives amongst the darkest monsters ugly creatures that he loves like pets He feeds the dark kindness And when I ask him if he'd slay the one everyone else calls his regret He tells me that one is his favourite yet He calls her by her other name This man who loves demons and lives like the sun Wants to know what I see in him And I tell him, the one I look at him and my eyes dilate We share the language of love Living stanzas and lyrics Holding on to them as if they were each one of us Forcing down line after line to help us feel close. Kept apart by the demon distance. Wanting to hold us away from home. It's not going to be easy. But my dear, if I have to, I'll grow wings to fly over the oceans. Now, he's talking right to me. So it's only right I respond in kind. You tied me up with purple ribbon and said, please be mine. You kiss my tears through faraway rains and tell me you crave my salt. You call me perfect against vain of fault. You are the antithesis of every story I've lived about men. You love me with a bleeding heart and a ready pen. Your eyes reclaim words that I'd never believe off your tongue. You're the perfect rewrite. All of my pain and terror come undone. I'm mad at love. It made her feel that she was never worthy of a fairy tale once upon this time. I said I loved her and she turned to run. I took her hand in mine and placed in it my heart, its strings bound around her hand in knots of love and thus her healing journey did start. Love takes patience. It takes work. And that's something for which I have got the ethic. So if you ever question how far I'm willing to go for this, then you're going to regret it. I'll give all my blood, sweat and tears. This dream will become reality. For my dear, I'm yours for all of time. Stop listening to your fears. I'll keep you safe. I'll hold you close. I'll be your perfect shelter. I tore down my walls, opened up my heart. This is the love that we were meant for, and peace.
1: That was amazing. Tamiko, did you want to comment?
9: Yes, I love that poem. I'll be glad when I meet a man that loves me that much. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, I, I've said this before Funnily when much. you read You've got every girl in the world Wishing she were the topic of your poem <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Funnily enough She still doesn't believe me half the time <laughs>
1: <sighs> You know Sometimes it's just because we want to hear you say it again Even when we know <laughs> it's true Just that's a, It's a girl thing
3: This is true Yeah It was one of the most fun pieces that I've written because we wrote it in inbox messages. So it's literally writing small pieces of the poem and responding to that piece of the poem.
1: Oh, it sounds so
3: romantical.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic job, honey. All right, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can find you again.
3: I can be found on Facebook. It's Callum Kennedy Hume. I'm on Twitter, at Kennedy Hume. I'm on allpoetry.com. It's Say It With Style. And I'm also on Instagram, cmkh87. And my writing partner for this piece is also on Instagram, and it's at girlthepoet. Very cool.
1: All right, awesome job, sweetheart. Thank you so much, honey.
3: Yeah, I I thought I had to bring something a bit lighter than the last two pieces but <laughs> I read. I loved it. I loved it.
1: All right. We'll talk to you next week, Ken. I hope so, yeah. Alright, baby, thanks. Kimiko, do you want to tell everyone how they
9: can find you, sweetheart? Yes. Um, Facebook, T A M. E. K. O. B. A. R. N. E. T. T E, um some other website, like um Tim Book Two dot com if you Google me and um, soup dot com forward slash m e forward slash t a m e k o and the number one and the number three.
1: Very cool. All right, sweetheart, appreciate you so much, and thank you for being here tonight, hon
9: Oh, thank you.
1: All right. I'll talk to you next week. I'm going to go ahead and bring 216 back on. 216, if I can get you. 216, are you with me? No. Hang on. Let's try this again. 216? Sure. Ah. Hi, Mama. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, are, are you I, jumping I was, up and down? Was, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here.
13: <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the lady's voice came on and said, um, like, you no, know, that was the show had ended. So then I just called back and it kept going busy. And then I called back again and was busy. And finally, it, it let me in. Because I, I looked on the internet and it said 24 minutes left. I so said, I should be
1: able to get in. So. Yeah, we've been called, having um, issues with the line. So I'm glad you were able to get back on.
13: This is called House of Predatory Blitz. I sent it to you so
1: you can look on your page and see it. It's got a picture of
13: a, 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 a vulture carrying away a little baby. Hang on. And this is a
1: blitz poem. Okay. You see it? hmm I do. Okay. Oh, that's
13: horrible. The buzzard's
11: carrying the baby away. I know, and that's, and that's
13: the same thing that's going on in the poem here. So that's why I use that picture. You can
1: read it if you want to. You want to read it? No, go ahead. You know? No, because I'll mess it up. I've never read it before, so I would rather have you read it because you know how it's supposed to go. It's it's just it's a blitz. Looking
13: at people, looking straight up, up to no good, up to something, something is awry, something is wrong. Wrong if I stand up. Wrong if I speak out. Abusers are sitting abusers are seated seated in the senate seated in congress congress don't speak out congress won't speak up upward i upward i look get up out those seats seats of deadbeats, seats of sin sitters Sitters of children, sitters on children, children of prey, children pray, pray for moral, pray for the immoral, immoral decayed senate, immoral invisible nation, nation of blind fools, nation of deaf, nation of deaf. Followers,
14: followers
13: followers are blind, following blindly, unkindly, unkind to teens, unkind old farts, farts of stench, farts on the bench, bench needs strength, bench of stench, stench stinking stench leaking, stinking thinking, stinking liars, liars lie on in beds of lies, liars on fire, fire burns liars, fire in family beds, beds kept secret, beds kept unkept, secret beds kept, Secret, best kept, go to jail, go for bail, pay dues, pay your victims, truth owed, and peace. Wow. I wrote that a long time ago. I got people editing
2: on uh, it.
1: That was really fun being able to read along with you as you were reading it. Yeah, I'm Seats of sin sitters. That was a ton- that was a tongue tie. Seats of deadbeat. Seats of sin <laughs> sitters. Sisters of children's sisters on children. <laughs> seats of yeah. sin sitters. That's hard. Yeah. Uh, Seated in Congress. Seats of sin sitters.
13: Yeah. Oh, you know, this is awesome is um parts on bench, bench knee strength, bench of stench. stench thinking,
1: stench <laughs> <laughs> stinking. Stinking, <laughs> thinking. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome.
13: Yeah. I gotta do some editing on it cause, um see where some of the rules. Kind of hard to follow the rules and on a subject like this Uh, but I couldn't until I got right
1: here, okay. So, very good job, Mama. um, Tell everyone how they can find you, sweetheart. Again,
13: I'm here on Thursdays, eight o'clock every Thursday, and I'm on poetry sloop. Vicky Aqua,
1: very cool. All right, and we will talk to you next week. Yeah, thank you, Mama. Love you, honey. As my grandbaby used to of course. Of course. Don't be ridiculous. No, uh, uh,
13: you can say of course. Of course.
1: Of course. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Mama. Appreciate you so much, honey. All
13: right. I will. I'll be back all the
1: time. Bye-bye. I love you. Bye-bye. Love you, too. Bye. All right, everybody. You've been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe, open mic poetry show, The Sound of Vick. I want to thank all of you for being here tonight and uh, getting... We even got through the technical difficulties. We've done, we done good. <laughs> All right. Appreciate you. We'll see you next week. I'm going to close the piece, excuse me, close the show with a piece by Seb called The Cat's Got the Whipping Cough and The Dogs Got the Flu. Here we go. We'll talk to you next week. Good night,
6: everybody
8: well uh, howdy there I, I ain't never uh, done this before I ain't never been on no radio show so uh, if I, I don't do this right um, uh, I hope you'll be kind and forgiven unto me I have to warn you there are a couple of cuss words that will be coming up in the piece that, that I'm about to perform uh, that piece dates from uh, 2009 and uh, I would describe it as then being an assessment of the American condition at the, at the moment and my position within that coming out of uh, eight years of the disastrous Bush administration and hitting that point where the Norrin realization that uh, President Obama was neither going to be the man nor the solution that he purported himself to be. And uh, four years on, I'm feeling fully justified in making that assessment at the time. Uh, The piece itself is a, a recontextualization or a modern retelling or whatever you want to call it of a, a piece from 1932, first first performed by the great blind Willie Mactel, called The the Scary Day Blues, and uh, we live in some scary days these days, so I imagine people will understand how I'm trying to show these these old guys they saw things and they understood things and they were able to say things that had an almost eternal value um, rather than just being novelties representative of their times. It was genuine poetry, genuine folk language which uh, still exists and is still relevant today and, and has not been better and not been superseded by anything that we're, we're creating at the moment. And the piece is called uh, The Cat's Got the Hooping Cough and the Dog's Got the Flu. Big 80 left Savannah Lord, going off to California. Can't live them Georgia laws. All he found at first was moonshine and circumstances, post-industrial Dionysian idiots without potable water or arable land. Masons gathering in the roadside, each of them digging ditches, each of them digging with the ace of spades, exploring the balance between hats and masks and crowns. All the pimps ride motorcycles they cluster in the desert coming out of primary colored sunsets, each wearing a red tie or sky blue dependent on gang affiliations. Killing our prophets, imprisoning our seen heretics getting high on self shared victimization. But then a hundred and fifteen miles of Sonora Desert Highway, big sur of flame and molten golden sunset, red letter days. Must have been something to see, a glory in their pomp. He shrugged his shoulders and made a deal, saying Hell is full of fortune tellers and recidivist Democrats. Heaven is full of blank checks and statues and the cats got the hoopin' cough, and the dog's got the flu. American beauty is moral high-handedness, seduction, and magic in the secret handshake.